Jazz hands, yeah. Welcome to Quest Me, the Star Wars podcast that takes you through legends and new canon. My name is Josh, and I'm your forever host and instigator of arguments. Today, we are comparing Star Trek Picard to the Star Wars sequel trilogy. That's right, we're doing a little mini discussion and a deep dive into what was good and what was terrible about Picard and the sequels. Um, and in this episode, we ask the question, who did it better? Star Trek or Star Wars? Um, before we go any farther, I just want to thank everyone that's in the chat right now. Um, I don't see anyone chatting quite yet, but I see people in there, so that's great. Um, and I wanted to just tell everyone where they can find us and get all that stuff out of the way because this is going to be a pretty big discussion. So you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram just by searching for the Quest Me Podcast. Be sure to like at least one of those pages to get notified about upcoming shows and live streams. We have the conclusion to the original Thrawn trilogy coming up in August, and then right after that, Ahsoka starts. So we'll be doing our normal weekly live discussion about um, Ahsoka each week. So be sure to like and subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash at QuestMe. <clears throat> now we have a... I know the video said we had a lot of people on here, but that, I mean, things happen. And it's it's not... I don't even... Justin and Phil aren't even here. So, like... You know, Phil might show up eventually. Justin was at the Fan Expo today in Denver, and I don't know where he could be. So, um, for now, I am just going to introduce the other guests that we have to discuss this. So, I have Michelle from the Crusher Convo podcast, and I have Ro from the Scarif podcast. Um, Michelle is new to Quest Me, where Ro was actually on an episode of, what was, was that, Obi-Wan? No. I think it was Obi-Wan. I don't know. I think, I it, was think it was Obi-Wan or maybe Mandalorian. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, welcome back, Ro, and welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you very much, Josh. I know my co-host Jesse was on there for the Mandalorian, so yes. I know she couldn't make it tonight, but I will do my best in her stead. So Jesse, shout out to you tonight. <laughs> yeah, and Jesse actually sent me her like sheets with all of her ratings and stuff for some things. So um Wait, there was ho- there was homework. <laughs> there was homework, and I had to do it twice. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I heard uh, your story. Yeah. Yes, technology is wonderful. A, mm, yeah, but how are you? Thanks for coming on, Michelle. How are you? How's Crusher Convo? What's uh, what's new over there? Going great. We just had a new episode drop today on the game. We review TNG through the eyes of Doctor Beverly Crusher, a character that has is very popular but often maligned and misunderstood and and kind of put to the side so we kind of try to bring her out and show everybody how awesome we know she is so yeah so that episode came out today and uh we are and that was with uh patrick from it's got star trek guested and josh we have one with you coming up with the bonding i think in in a a couple episodes so we look forward we were very uh grateful that you came on our pod and it was an awesome time Mm. it was a tough tough episode tough subject but you uh you helped us bring <laughs> raise the roof on that one <laughs> I, I brought a little star wars to the mix yeah sure. we definitely had star can, wars so. connections in that one for sure <laughs> that's why i haven't been invited back to open pike yet because oh no <laughs> we are references. we are great friends of open pike they definitely supported us uh through their encouragement uh to start uh crusher convo which was started by jesse she just asked me to co-host which i'm like sure and 
here I am, and I now row through our our chats and just it's a really great sci-fi community that we're building, like FSF podcast, and I mean tons of people, green shirt, so many that we're we're yeah. grateful for. And thank you, Josh, for inviting us on tonight. Oh, absolutely. For this big um, and- debate and controversial <laughs> topic. <laughs> it should be pretty interesting, I'm yes. sure. Um, Ro, what about you? How how's the Scarif podcast going? Anything new over there? Yeah, we, uh, you know, obviously we are mostly a Star Wars podcast, but I was telling you guys, uh, we just dropped an episode. Uh, my friend Amanda and I were talking about our favorite top three Star Trek episodes, the original series. Uh, we listed out uh, a couple of episodes and we talked about why we thought they were you know, our favorites. There was a little bit of overlap because great minds think alike. And obviously we wanted to, we wanted to um, mention a couple of episodes that were outside the norm. You know, everybody talks about space seed and mirror mirror. um, But we wanted to kind of dive deep into uh, the, you know, the three seasons of the original star Trek series and really kind of go into some maybe um, more, unknown but uh, really great episodes of the original series and uh, we had a lot of fun uh doing that we dropped that one last thursday and uh yeah like i said in the chat um i think i i need more star trek friends i got a whole bunch of star wars friends and obviously you know being a founding member of the red five network there's a lot of star wars there but i need to go into the alpha quadrant once well we're happy to have you bro Anytime. You Absolutely. Know, Thank you so much. I feel like I'm on the opposite end. Since I joined the uh, little chat group that we have on Twitter, um, I feel like I have way more Star Trek fans now. And it's oh, yeah. kind sure. of making me a little sad because all I see is Star Trek stuff in my feed. And I'm like, oh, man. So Ooh, Shots fired I do, already. I do make a there point. I do make a point now to, I mean, it's my fault, too, because I'm also like, I like to help you guys every, all the shows in there and like retweet and support and stuff like that Very and listen kind. to shows. So, <laughs> so I definitely screw my own algorithm that way. But I've been really trying hard to when I log into Twitter, I'll go search Star Wars hashtags and just like, like, <laughs> like retweet, retweet. What's people talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hey Claire, good to see you. Thanks for popping in. Um, yeah, I'm excited for this discussion because Picard season three just came out this year. And mm-hmm. um, I feel like as these seasons have come out from Picard, it's it's just like Star Wars. Like, like you think about when the, the sequel trilogy came out and each movie had its own controversies and everyone was oh, yes. had their own crazy opinions <laughs> and like... Yeah, so us uh, us movie fans are we're we're kind of fickle. <laughs> yeah. We we love it, we hate it, and really there is no in between. You know, it's like you 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 either really really uh, despise whatever, or you really you know shill and and love it no matter what people say. So there, there doesn't seem to be like a lot of in the middle of the road kind of takes. There there isn't. That's why I kind of wanted to have this discussion because I mean, obviously, Star Trek and Star Wars are huge properties and millions of right. fans all over the world, and a lot of like divisive opinions when it comes to these shows. Um, I I would doing a ton of research over the last month for this thing and like i had to watch a lot of reviews and takes and stuff from picard because i'm i know the star wars trilogy like the back of my hand even though i've only seen the rise of skywalker fully all the way through once um i still know that movie really well and like uh with with picard I, i kind of 
got fuzzy on some of the the details with season one and season well, two. I'm like going back and watching. Not them surprising. And like seeing, <laughs> with the the yeah, way well, it was and, written, and, uh, I can understand that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, people people t- people tend to black out uh, trauma. So I, I hear you. <laughs> oh, more shots fired. <laughs> yeah, this is gonna be a good episode. Ricky D in the house. Hello, Ricky D. How are you doing? It's good to see you, sir. Um, it's great to see you, actually. It's really good. Ricky uh, Ricky went through some real personal stuff, and it's really good to have him back in the world of podcasting. Excellent. So um, hopefully Best Flicks with Ricky D comes back here soon because that was always a fun show. Um, anyway, let's let's get this thing moving on here. I, I wanted to kind of do it where we break it down. There's There's three different things. There's three seasons and three movies. So I figured we could compare each movie with each season the way they kind of came out. So Force Awakens against season one, The Last Jedi against season two, so on and so forth, and and then at the end, um, we have a culmination of like just everything, you know, just kind of. We'll be the the judge, jury, and executioners tonight. Yeah, um, definitely. Wow, so, emphasis on executioners, huh? It's gonna be wild. Yeah. I do want to preface like Seems I grew up like with it. both franchises. Jesse is the bigger Star Wars fan of the two of us for sure, but I am repping my Earl Grey tonight with my Star Wars mugs. So I just want to let everybody <laughs> I know it. I, you know, I, I, I do, I am familiar with both franchises. So we'll get into it. And that's, yeah, that that is definitely the cool thing about nerds these days. I think you know. Um, and Michelle, you mentioned it earlier. Uh, back in the day, we weren't allowed to to like both Star Trek and Star Wars. It was either either one or or not. So um, it's nice to you know, I, I guess as adults, you know, be a little bit more reasonable with our fandom. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, they're they're both fun, and they both have great uh, characters and elements to them. Um, and it's nice to kind of you know be in this space where we can you know talk about it um in a way that kind of enriches our our own you know group and our own fandom so i, I think that's cool definitely yeah, i agree there's a lot more it's it same goes with like marvel and dc you know there's a lot uh, it's a little still shaky right now there's a lot yeah. of marvel people that still don't yeah, like yeah. dc but i'm a, i'm a I, what do i call it a, a bi-trek sexual so same with <laughs> same with uh marvel and dc i like both properties just as much i don't sure. i might not like the direction that dc has gone lately still love their animated series and a, a few yeah. of their like TV series, I, I will always swear by Arrow and the Flash and Titans and stuff like that because those shows were really good. Even Gotham was incredible. But like, I feel like there's a lot more people now that are like you said, just embracing everything instead of just the one thing they have to embrace. Well, give me so. good characters and good plot, a good story, and let's go. You know, because yeah. nowadays yeah. you have the technology to do amazing special effects, so it's really the story and the characters for me anyway that that draws me in. So yep. you give Look me at that, you, Avatar, and I'm sorry. in. <laughs> right. Um. Oh, there's Jesse from Crusher. Hey, Combo. Jesse, what's She's... going on? She's getting ready for bed. But just checking yeah, out. she's she's keeping me in line. She wants to make sure I'm I'm repping. So no, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Always a shout out. <laughs> yeah. So I broke this down into six different categories, basically for each season, each movie. Um, how how the old characters were handled, the plot, the fan service, new characters, each uh, property's effect on canon, and then the overall rating. So. I feel like we can go through down the list and just each one, like Force Awakens and Picard Season 1. For me, I gave Force Awakens, as far as how the old characters were handled, I gave Force Awakens a 7 and Picard Season 1 
a seven. I think I want to change that down to a six on both just because of writing out all my other answers and stuff for this thing. Um, I, I think both seasons did okay. Picard didn't really have as many old legacy characters from the next generation. You had like... You had the Voyager lady, and I think well, Deep Space Seven of Nine. Yes, yeah, Seven of Nine. <laughs> this the Voyager lady, this yeah. Captain of the Enterprise. Not, <laughs> now, yes. I can't remember names for shit. All right, it's so okay. This that's whole episode is gonna be like that. I'll remember Star Wars, but Picard. Eh, well, that's why I'm so gonna much. depend on you. So we'll we'll depend on each other. That's good. <laughs> there you go. Um, so yeah, I I would say I would give each each property, Force Awakens and Picard, a six out of ten as far as how the old characters were handled. Force Awakens. You never saw Luke. That's a big ding in my book. You saw him at the very end, um, even though they toted yeah. that he was going to be in that movie. Like the the trailers and stuff were like, "Look, Luke is here," and <laughs> for a second. you never saw him. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know Han Solo, Chewie, and Leia. Leia didn't have a lot of screen time, but Han and Chewie really, really did a lot for me as far as like when they first got onto the Falcon and started talking about the Force and like. Even when Han got killed, I was like, oh, uh, I, I jumped up in my seat during Force Awakens. Force Awakens is my favorite of the sequel trilogy, by the way. But I jumped out of my seat and was like, what? And then when Kylo gets shot, I was like, I just yelled something like, I was like, that's right, bitch, or something like that. <laughs> and like the guy sitting next to me was like, dude. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm passionate, all right? <laughs> Han Solo is one of my favorites, you know? And so seeing him kind of be that hero that's sacrificed in this one like all the other Star Wars. They've repeated the cycle in this movie. You had Qui-Gon in episode one and you had Obi-Wan in A New Hope. Like they just repeated the cycle. Um but I thought it was I thought it was handled pretty well as far as letting him be that that uh inspiration for the the new rebellion or whatever. I don't know. Wait, who was the the inspiration of the new rebellion? Han Solo. What? Han Solo. Uh, with with inspiring like Ray and stuff to like actually do things <sighs> you know you mean Ray that they she just uh, he just met her like uh less than five hours ago that Ray you inspired her <laughs> I know I know look I get it okay, all right okay. I get it but the this the nostalgia in this movie really really took over for me and that and I still love it to this day because of that aspect and like the way that it ended, you're like, oh, okay, cool. This could go in a good direction. Obviously, yeah, we'll it, talk it about could. that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but let's let's uh, go to to Michelle. What, how did you think the characters were handled in each one? So very similar to you, I gave, and I think that whatever fandom we lean toward, we're harder on, right? So I think yeah. that I I I gave The Force Awakens a seven out of ten, and I gave Picard season one a six out of ten, because first of all, this is I'm Crusher Convo. Not even they mentioned virtually every main character from TNG except Beverly Crusher in season one, and that's this was not. It's just like, just like the sequel trilogy where they had no idea where they were going to land. Neither did the Star Trek Picard series, so that was not planned. Like Beverly coming out of nowhere in season three was not the plan in season one. So you know, I I kind of and you know I did like. Riker and Troy and Nepenthe, that was probably the best episode for me that season. So seeing the yeah. old crew back, the handling of Data trying to close that traumatic <laughs> death from Nemesis, I think fans really needed that. So that was, I thought, handled well. Um, but I give it a 6 out of 10 because the 
the characters are really ancillary to the story. Like it, it was obvious that, you know, Patrick Stewart had made it clear he didn't want the TNG crew to be in this because he felt like it needed to be its own thing. And I think it hurt the story. And I, I liked Soji. You could say Ray and Soji were very similar. You know, you have two female protagonists who were uh, put out there for this. And I think Ray's storyline was not handled as well as Soji's. I think Soji in season one had a good story arc. I mean, the the ending wasn't great. Uh, but I, th I think with, with Soji, you at least had a really good act. You had like really good acting and a decent character arc connection to data a legacy character and you kind of knew she had like a full story throughout the series th throughout that season um but a six out of ten because like you know rios for me he was interesting but kind of two-dimensional raffi was i love michelle heard but there was some pro like the extremes that they went to and how different they were making it from how star trek had been before with starfleet um you know, with, with her being an addict, which is a really interesting storyline, this addiction storyline, but they just didn't really go into it. It was just like, again, like a side story. And um, Gerardi, questionable. I Look, again, I love the actress, but I felt like you're throwing all these new characters in. Um, Seven of Nine was even a little tough to get into at first. Again, Jerry Ryan did a phenomenal job, but it was... It, the legacy she's a legacy character to me that she came into her own more a lot of them came into their own more later um i did like elnor and soji but to me i was just chuffed about like jordy wharf and beverly completely ignored <laughs> um the the legacy was completely ignored with star wars with the force awakens i mean you you had an excellent story for han and chewie i was very devastated they killed han though um leia was kind of just you know, she was there, uh, but, you know, we were all looking forward to her story in, in episode, you know. She was just kind of there. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. In, yeah, in episode nine, but it didn't happen, unfortunately, because of the yeah. untimely passing of Carrie Fisher. Um, well, and, you know, and Leia was weird in that, too, because her husband died in that. Yeah. And instead of comforting the walking carpet that she's undoubtedly been with for the entirety of their relationship... She just walks right past him, straight to Ray, who, as Rose said, only knew Han for six hours, maybe. Yeah, yeah and for fans, like, it doesn't work. Because for fans, we're like, no, you gotta hug Chewie. And Star <laughs> Wars has, I mean, Star Trek has similar issues, even in season three. We're like, that's weird. But I think... <laughs> I think with that, it also is like it's it was Ray's story. So they were trying to focus on, you know, why would Ray be so devastated? Like, well, that was her mentor. And Leia, again, but was it? The, I mean, like, but I yeah, it, it, it didn't pan out. It didn't pan out. Right. Um, but yeah, the characters in Star Wars, like, OK, Finn, I liked, um, you know, I liked Poe. I I liked them, but I felt like I needed more with them. So it was just a little bit more. Than Picard season one, because again, I'm more a of a series fan compared to a movie. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Ro? What are your thoughts on the characters of these shows? Um, you know, your ratings are are um, spot on. You know, the six and seven. Um, it's funny though because with the um, with Star Wars, you know, and F the Force Awakens is my favorite of the three uh, sequels. Um, with Star Wars, it's funny because this is an example of uh, creating a movie as um, 
as a studio instead of creating a movie with creative people. Um, they had, um, they had a, 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 I guess they had an agenda. They had just bought Lucasfilm and Star Wars for four, almost four and a half billion dollars. I'm sure the Disney executives and the shareholders were like, we need to see a return. What can we do? Let's make this movie. Let's make a, you know, a, a couple of billion dollars. Um, you know, for me, I, I think George Lucas did the heavy lifting to bring the legacy actors back to say, hey, we got one more movie to do and um, we are ready to go. And I think um, George Lucas used that as a bargaining chip to be able to sell um, the, the franchise mm. to Disney. I think Disney kind of screwed that up because... We don't have a scene, and we'll talk about that, I guess, when when we with get the to, three uh, of them together. Right. Yeah, I think that Star Trek <laughs> um, did learn from Star Wars faux pas there. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, it was almost like, okay, we saw what they did over there. Let's not do that over there. Let's not do that for season three. Let's, yeah. uh, you know. And then, you know, maybe they had to also, you know, convince, uh, you know, the rest of the actors to come back. I, I, I feel like um, like LeVar Burton was an actor that like re really didn't need to come back. I mean, he's do, he does his own thing and he's he almost felt like um, like like a fish out of water uh, for the most part. I, I, I feel in in card season three interesting but, take. you know i kind of i kind of agree yeah. with that a little he was a little stiff and yeah kind of like uh we needed you here so you're here yeah yeah um and that that's coming from the actor but getting back to the characters um michelle you said something very interesting and i think um uh, the the actress that played rafi michelle Hurd, um, yeah. right so she is she's great um she was greater in season three of Picard than the, than the first season. And I think this is a perfect example of when an actor has a certain script and this is all you have. Um, the script for her, at least in season one of, of Picard was just horrendous. Um, they set some stuff up with her character, which, which again uh, was really interesting, but they held back. And I think you can tell from um from fan reaction obviously but i think you know the, this is when when corporations kind of they set something up and they 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 think they're doing something great but they really don't pull the trigger and go all the way um and i feel that is, that does a disservice to not only the characters but the franchise um you know you have to kind of uh, take risks and and maybe change things up a little bit um but it's it's so weird because I don't know. You know, obviously, I think Disney dropped the ball um, on The Force Awakens as, as far as legacy characters. And like we mentioned, I think, you know, uh, Star Trek was watching um, and uh, kind of uh, fixed that in season three um, as far as legacy characters. It's so weird to me that there's a Star Wars without Star Wars actors uh, playing scenes together or having, you know, having a, a plot that uh, brings them together to to solve some sort right. of galactic problem. Well, they did it with the, it's, it's the odd. main characters, too, because even Poe, Ray, and Finn were never in the same scene at the same time ever, except right. the last yeah. bit of... No, they weren't even in that. Like, it it rarely happened in, in even Rise of Skywalker. So it's... I To me, I feel like the Star Wars series... George Lucas had a script. Like, he had something made for the sequels. 
and it was supposed to be pretty good, I guess. Um, it was a little more based around, I think, kind of a Thrawn situation. Um, but they threw that script out the window and just was like, JJ, write us a, a new trilogy. And he wrote like the outline of the three movies. And yeah, he had something different planned for what ended up. Yeah, yeah. And I think they, again, they, I think they told him, you know, we, we want to play it safe. Can you kind of just rehash Star Wars and then bring it to the new audience? Cause we want our they money. Also right. didn't Dude, have, they didn't I, have like I a. I could say, like, oh, sorry. I'll say I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I just uh, rehashing stuff like The Force Awakens was like a direct A New Hope remake. You could go on. So I, we could have a whole podcast just on that. The similarities between A New Hope and The Force Awakens. You know, you have the droid that carries the plans. You have the reluctant hero. You have the the trilogy or the, the trio of characters. Like it's there's a lot there um, that was just kind yeah. of direct remake um but then yeah they kind of fell they didn't they didn't ball. have the uh the plan right and lucas didn't have a plan for a trilogy when he first made star wars so you could argue that it could have worked but i think because the directors like you know again the visions were so different for each movie and again jesse's saying it in um jesse but sudden but inevitable is and open pike is is talking about how it's fan expectation and it's interesting to look at these two series in terms of what they did for fan expectation and fan service. Because there's a lot of talk mm -hmm. about, you know, member berries and fan service and how much is too much. And I do think that Star Trek Picard ultimately, like when we get to it, I think we'll see why it succeeded where the sequel trilogy of Star Wars kind of fell short. And it's exactly what you're saying. They're not appreciating the character's together like they're trying to do character driven stories but they're ignoring the character relationships and why they're important mm -hmm. and that's really what yeah. what fans love and in the force awakens it was very disjointed because you know what did you see han and leia together for a hot second before he he gets murdered by his son like how is that satisfying yeah. to any star wars fan right just you know exactly. um and and i think like just watching that in the movies with my dad it was like uh <laughs> what's happening um you know yeah. that's that's um i can't remember if i saw it with my father or not actually yeah when did it come out i don't even remember 2015 oh yeah i probably did then yes um because yeah. i remember i remember we were so excited but we were excited for the prequel trilogy as well and that did not again like still, even looking at the prequel, prequel trilogy too, yeah. versus the sequel trilogy <laughs> I still honestly will watch the sequels before I'll watch. I mean, the last oh. prequel trilogy movie, I will watch more than the sequels, but what episodes one and two were rough for me. So Man, you know. I'm totally different on that. I loved. We're getting into sequels. like different territory here, but yeah, but, like, yeah totally. Work, I, I, you know? I have not watched the sequels. I have not watched the sequels since they came out. I think The Last Jedi is the only Star Wars movie that I do not own on physical media. It's to me, it's it's and just not the, the my Rise movie. of Skywalker it's, was the one that I don't own. I I won't ever buy that yeah. movie. And see, Last Jedi, and I, I bought it, but I only watched it once. Yeah, and Last Jedi, I. Oh man, we'll get there. We're gonna get there. Yeah. Um, I wanted to give the other uh, ratings for our other uh, for Jesse and Jacob. Uh, Jesse had the Force Awakens old characters rated at seven out of ten, and in Picard she had it rated at a three out of ten. So Jesse coming in with the high heat. Ooh, 
Wow. I'm going to go ahead and assume. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read her notes here. So her notes for The Force Awakens say, uh, Legacy characters were handled okay, but the death of Han rubbed me the wrong way. Plot, a.k.a. nostalgia, was fine, but too close to A New Hope. Loved Rey. This new canon versus the books does trouble... Um, does trouble me a little bit, but it does have the right kind of heart Star Wars always had. And then for Picard's notes, she wrote, Overall, the story was there, but the execution was not. Not having the legacy cast return with Picard seemed off. The new characters were great, but the story needed some polish. Soji was the best. Uh, again, the new canon compared to the books doesn't sit right, but I did appreciate some darker new takes it took. Um, and I... I I can agree with with both of those for sure, um, and we've we've talked a little bit about the plot, so I will just give my quick thoughts on that and my my rating. Uh, oh, sorry, Jacob. Let me let me say have Jacobs. He said the old characters were handled in Star Wars uh, nine out of ten, and in Picard an eight out of ten. So, so he was a bigger fan than than we were for sure. Um, and then as far as plot goes, I. In, I rated it an 8 out of 10 on Force Awakens, in parentheses, A New Hope remake, and then a 6 out of 10 <laughs> on Picard Season 1. Um, for me, Picard, I, just the ending. I feel like they did not stick that ending at all. And it was more of a finale, like a, a series finale, than it was a season finale. Like, uh, he died. Picard died. And they transferred his consciousness to a, a, a robot now listen nah, dude, listen but they still, but they still kept the you disease can, nah, you can let him die you can no, he <laughs> didn't have the disease in the golem it's not a robot it's a golem and you can i did not like this either it felt totally wrong to have him dying with a bunch of strangers that we just met and seven of nine like it did yeah. not feel correct however you could argue that in season two, there was an episode of TNG where they had a very similar situation with, with someone transferring their consciousness into data, which was interesting. So like, it's not like people, like, is it you? Like the trill, like, you know, it, it to me, it's still Jean-Luc Picard. It is really difficult. And I'm glad that season three kind of addressed the whole he died thing. But I, I do like that they just moved on from it and didn't dwell on it. It, it was not a great choice, uh, but yeah. I mean, both season one and two, their finales were trash. And then the next season just disregarded that whole finale. And both, you know, season two, they kind of disregarded Picard dying. Season three, they disregarded his new love interest that he... Oh, I got thoughts to. on that like, when we what, get to it. Because like season two was completely contrived and should have been just Beverly. <laughs> and Laris did not need to be retconned into a love interest and glammed up and her husband fridged. But anyway, uh, <laughs> you know, we had a perfectly good love interest uh, from 35 years ago that stayed with the show the whole time. Anyway, we'll get yeah. to that. <laughs> you know, the, this is this is why I, I am a big proponent of having, you know, creative people create a team to uh, envision, you know, if you're going to do a trilogy, envision the trilogy, envision the, the, the story arcs, the characters, and bring all these story elements together in one cohesive story. You know, for me, the sequel trilogy is a pissing contest between directors. Yes, um, absolutely. One is contradicting the other and vice versa. And it's like, is this lightsaber important? Yes, it is. But no, it's not. It's like, what the hell? Yeah. And Fans can tell. I mean, we're able to, you know, determine that this is happening. There was no, there was no rhyme or reason for a lot of stuff in the sequels. And it just, it pisses me off. 
And I think with Picard, if you take a look at the, the series almost as kind of like a, an extended trilogy, um, there's that thing again where one team of creatives um, throws away certain characters and, and puts them on the back burner. Who's Beverly you know, Crusher? We new don't turn. know. Right, exactly. It's like, okay, uh, God. And, it, you know, who suffers is is the fans. I mean, people that have grown up and watched these, this series, these characters for a really, really long time, you know, whether we're filmmakers or not, and most of us are, are not, but we, we can kind of determine um, how these stories are intertwined because we've been, you know, watching them and living them from the beginning. Yeah. And it's, it was so bad that Colin Trevorrow left uh, episode nine. Like they had to bring JJ back because. And, right, it's, and it's interesting yeah. that JJ did Star Trek as well. And he was not yeah. a Star Trek fan, but I actually right. love the, I the first and third reboot movies and the characters. I even liked the con one. I don't even care. Yeah, it's okay, but it's like didn't make sense. Like it, there were just some things that I had real problems with. But as a whole, the reboots and what JJ did with the first one, listen, he wasn't even a fan of Star Trek and he made a Star mm. Trek movie that could be accessible to new fans which I thought was right. really cool while still tipping the cap to fans and, and letting us mm -hmm. enter in. If we didn't have that reboot, we wouldn't have Star Trek Picard. We wouldn't have Discovery or Strange New Worlds or any of the Prodigy. Well, I guess we don't have Prodigy well, anymore, huh. but um, hopefully that'll... <laughs> that, that series, that sequel trilogy did kind of put Star Trek back on the map. And that was JJ. And... Like, imagine this guy did two franchises. The guy's getting murdered for both. And it's like, well, look. <laughs> He, he was really trying for the, especially I think with the, the Force Awakens, um, for the plot for me, I gave it a, the plot a six out of 10 for Force Awakens and five out of 10 for Picard season one, because I did feel like it was a remake of A New Hope and mm -hmm. it just kind of went along, but it was fun. It was an action adventure. I felt like it was a Star Wars movie. Like he made a Star Wars movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it had potential. It had great potential, even though it was a little bit of a carbon copy. It mm -hmm. had potential. Oh, it's very exciting. They found Luke at the end. What a great little cliffhanger! Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Whereas Picard yeah, season it, uh, one, it was like I, this is what I I don't like about the serialized storytelling they do today, and why I'm glad Strange New Worlds does not do this. This mystery they, yeah. box storytelling where you drag this mystery out the whole season and it's completely unsatisfying. What were those electronic tentacles that they had to close the portal for at the end of season one of Picard? What was that? Oh, they just closed it and everything's fine. That, yeah. Like that was the plot of the season. Yeah. That was the bad guy. That 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 was the prophecy that the the the, the Zot Vosh uh, Romulans <laughs> were fighting against that they they sabotaged their own rescue mission on Mars that Raffi was right about and they and and it was all about this portal that that Soji opens and then Picard gives a speech and he almost dies and he does die and Soji closes the portal and then we never hear about these things again like <laughs> it's like the it's like the eternal yeah it was in just the so sky. odd like they didn't think about the ending and you're just left with like what was that like i think the point was really data in season one and in that kit that's why i gave it a five out of ten i gave like 50 percent was the data story to me and soji and that found family and trying to like come to terms with data's death great you know the 
everything else, like what you, you, you're doing, giving me whiplash with this Zotvash Romulan <laughs> thing. That's not, I love the Romulans. Listen, don't get me wrong. I loved Laris and Zaban, his little Tal Shiar vineyard caretakers slash, uh, you know, secret agent kick-ass people that protect them on the vineyard, you know, but it just didn't, the plot in, in Picard was again, like you said, very dismissive of, what came before and um whereas i think force awakens kind of embraced it to a point with with han and chewy i think they embraced it yeah. too much yeah trying to remake the old stuff except when they like, killed han and and like leia felt out of, like you're just like what yeah <laughs> you know yeah, it was very you know it's, it's funny because i still I, i'm still trying to figure out like why they killed han other than harrison ford said can you please kill I, me yeah, already? i still think that's, that's why all it they was because there was like an interview with him yeah. a long time ago where he's like, if I ever go back to Star Wars, they're killing me off. He but didn't want to be in, I mean, in three movies. He wanted yeah. to be killed off in the original trilogy yes. already. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. I, I think that would be the only explanation. And you couldn't kill Luke because, I mean, well, obviously we did. He but wasn't like, in the movie. <laughs> he would have been too much. You know, I don't know. There were a lot of questions with that for sure. Um but I do. I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait for the tell-all uh, book that explains oh, yeah. all the happenings behind the scenes at Lucasfilm during the sequel the yeah, trilogy. Nice. What did you rate the the plot for for those, Ro? Um, the plot for the Force Awakens, uh, like a five. Okay. The plot for Picard one, like a <laughs> negative four. I want to no. say. <laughs> I, you know what? I want to say six because I, I, I remember, you know, there was watching, so much I intrigue the, in there and you wanted to watch it to see what. Yeah. Happened. Yeah. Um, you know, it was exciting. I mean, even, you know, um, it, it had, you know, it had some some interesting stuff. And, you know, it, it's it's always great when you see these old actors back in the saddle. I mean, I you know, watching Indiana Jones five. I mean, it's great to see Harrison Ford back as the character because we grew up with him. And, you know, I feel the same way about uh, when, you know, when when they announced Picard, I'm like, oh, my God, this is so cool. You know, Patrick Stewart back in the back in the saddle and back in the captain's chair, per se. And, um, you know, this is what fans want. But I think sometimes studios um, don't read the room correctly. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, either they do too much fan service or like not enough. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know. They, there's no balance. Yeah. Um... Jacob rated the plot of Force Awakens a five and of Picard a four. And then where was uh, and Jesse rated it an eight for Force Awakens and a seven for Picard. Um, I think, man, if we, I'm going to I'm going to kind of blast through the rest of my ratings. If we keep sticking on Force Awakens, we're going to be at this for four hours. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just going to go through the list here and I'll give my final thoughts on each one. And then if you guys want to do the same thing, we can move on to the next comparison. Um, I gave the fan service of Force Awakens a seven, new characters a seven, effect on canon an eight, and the overall rating of Force Awakens an eight. Um, for Picard, fan service was a five. I feel like there wasn't enough. Um, the new characters, a six out of ten. My favorite new character was surprisingly uh, Rafi. Um, the the guy, I don't know. I just I oh, you mean you mean um, you mean the Rios. Star Trek Han Solo Rios. Rios. I'm sorry, mm -hmm. Rios. Right. My bad. Yes. Yeah, Rios. yeah, yeah. Um, I like I liked him, and then uh, the effect on Canon was a six. Again, 
dying at the end. Anyway, um, and then my overall rating for Picard season one was a seven, which I'm actually going to lower that to a six <laughs> because the more research that I did on this show, the more I'm like, ah, God, yeah, I forgot. That was kind of, ugh. Um, so as far as Force Awakens goes, like it, again, it was my favorite of the sequels. It had so much potential. It gave us, uh, you know, we went back to the galaxy far away and we got to see some old characters. We got some new characters. We got some, some force usage. We got some lightsabers. We got some sweet new villains. You know, there was, there was mystery behind Snoke. There was uh mystery behind, uh, so, uh, Kylo Ren. And if, you know, he seemed like he would come back to the light side and and he would just be battling those demons for so long. And then, you know, once he kills Han Solo, you're like, oh, no, this little fuckers, he's a bad guy. Like, I don't I don't want him to be good ever again. Like, I want him dead. <laughs> and uh, right. yeah. th- there was it just it, it laid the groundwork for what could have been, I, I feel like, a really good story. Now, Last Jedi, I I have a lot of opinions about Last Jedi that I, I you guys might not agree with. I kind of, at this point, after Rise of Skywalker came out, I think Last Jedi is the best one out of the sequels. Um, I'm and, leaving. <laughs> Don't go, Ro. But the only, but the only reason is because <laughs> Last Jedi should have been the end. That should have been the end of the series. Should have just ended it there. Because why keep going? Like you killed off the main Jedi. You you killed off the main villain. Like. You know, do a spin-off series at that point and and finish up Kylo's. Well, series. to your like, point, but, I will say maybe Leia was supposed to be the main Jedi, and we didn't get it. Yeah, and I think that's maybe. a big problem with the third episode. Yeah. Well, they they I mean they did they did say that um, that uh, that Leia was going to be uh, playing a prominent role in the third movie, and yes. unfortunately that. You know. Each movie was each character's different movie. Basically, Han Solo had the first one, Luke had the second one, and Leia was supposed to have the third one, um, and yeah. be like that character that clearly she was going to be bringing Kylo back to the light. Like that's what was going to happen for sure. If if the story would have played out, I, I'm pretty sure. Um, so anyway, and as far as Picard season one goes. It was fun. I was so excited to see my, you know, TNG, like a sequel to TNG, and I was really pumped for it. Um, again, it, it had a lot of intrigue for the whole series. I wanted to know what was going to happen, and then when I found out what happened, I was like, Ugh. well, maybe they can stick the landing in season two. Let's see what happens there. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> so, <laughs> wah, wah, wah. It's my yeah, screaming what, what goat. You, uh, <laughs> what would you say, Michelle, as far as for the, the rest of it? Um, yeah, so I'm pretty on those guys, pretty right? on track with you on The Force Awakens. Um, fan service, 7 out of 10, just because of what they did to, to Han and Luke not being in it. Uh, new characters, 7 out of 10, um, just because I don't feel like they were as well drawn as they could have been and they were kept apart kind of, but I did like them. Uh, effect on canon, 7 out of 10, and overall rating, 7 out of 10. I just felt like... Yeah, it was like a mid-Star Wars movie. They were leaning into nostalgia. Um, they had like the Millennium Falcon. The, the you know, they had the, the the old characters felt in character for the most part. Um, and the, the special effects were great. Um, the use of humor, you know, it, it felt like a Star Wars movie, but kind of like just a remake. And, and it wasn't super satisfying because you didn't have like your three faves or, you know, like that that original series coming together so um but for you didn't get any banter between han and luke that's yeah that's it's it's really <laughs> odd um 
and then Picard season one, uh, fan service six out of ten. Again, where where's Beverly? Where's the rest of the T- TNG crew? Um, we'll get into Beverly Crusher and why she should have been in season one. The thing to begin with later. Um, new favorite, new characters, favorites, uh, seven out of ten. Again, not super well drawn, much like The Force Awakens for the most part. But I did love them, especially Soji and Elnor. Super salty about them not being in season three. Um, effect on canon, six out of ten. Didn't love what it did to Picard. I know that they showed Patrick Stewart did not want to do a TNG sequel. He wanted Picard to be different, but I feel like it was so jarring. They did do a good job like getting him there, but it almost felt like it the change was so drastic. Um, you know, and and then the uh the effect on canon, six out of ten, because where's the T, you know. <laughs> Again, the effects on TNG. And then the overall rating was a 6 out of 10. Just because, again, I felt like what... This doesn't... You know, it's it's effects on TNG I didn't care for. And and it just, you know... It just kind of felt like Bruce Maddox being killed by his ex-girlfriend. Because she was brainwashed by the Zatvash. And, and the mystery box stuff and all that. But I did enjoy Soji and Data. And that kind of closing the loop on that story didn't like Picard dying, but they brought him back and it is what it is. So we move on. <laughs> what about you, Ro? Final thoughts and, and ratings. So I forgot most of what happened in season one of Picard. So I have no clue what you guys are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that, I had, that's why I had to go back and, and look because there was, uh, I forgot a lot of, about it. And even the, yeah. the data stuff. And and like the the tentacles at the end, I was like, oh yeah. And the ships, the copy and paste <laughs> ships that Riker flew in on. <laughs> yeah. oh my God. Too funny, too funny. No, I, I mean, I, I think I'm gonna just kind of uh, echo what you guys are saying. I mean, you know, to me, The Force Awakens had some great potential. Um, and like Michelle was saying, I just it just you know it, it felt like Star Wars. Oh, because it was Star Wars, a copy. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, it's, you know, the season one, let's see, season one, Picard. Uh, yeah, I mean, somebody in the chat said something about uh, fan expectations as far as Picard. Um, and I, I've got a whole argument regarding, you know, how we uh, as fans have fan expectations. And I don't think it's a bad thing because, you know, if you want a cheeseburger, you're going to McDonald's, you're probably going to get a cheeseburger. If you want, you know, uh, uh, you know, it's 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 different for everybody, and I don't think um, I don't think fan expectations is a bad thing. Um, I don't think fan service, for the most part, is a bad thing. Uh, there's a reason why these uh, franchises make you know buku money, as you can see behind me. I have spent my hard-earned money on things that I like, <laughs> and it happens to be Star Wars. So if you're gonna if you're gonna do something that will you know generate you know me taking out my wallet to give you my dollars then service me damn it i'm a fan right um but yeah there, there's you know there's obviously a, a a delicate balance there um but um yeah i mean i'll i'll agree with you guys all right on, on all your yeah. points um so then i'm just gonna quickly run through uh jacob's last thing i know i i wish that everyone was here but he rated he rated Force Awakens an eight out of ten, and he rated season one of Picard a seven out of ten. So, seems like he he liked him for the most part. Um, and then, as far as uh, uh, Jesse's rating, she rated Force Awakens an eight and Picard a seven. So, I think we're all kind of on the same page as far as those go. Um, now, moving on to 
last show. You know, let's not do that because this you is going to be a fun. I might have so I I might have to get something stronger than Seven Up if we're going to start well, talking about. I uh, actually Lomas. have a little track from uh, Jesse of Sudden But Inevitable. He sent us his opinions on all of these. So I feel like this is probably a good time to play that and uh, kind of hear his his thoughts. I, I think he did. I didn't, I'm not going to lie to you, I didn't listen to it. I just threw it on a video and put it up here. So hopefully it's uh, PC, but knowing Jesse, it probably is. Um, I believe he rated or went through each individual thing or something. So here we go. I'm going to play Jesse's phone in here. And sci-fi fans alike, this is Jesse from Open Pike Night, the Strange New Worlds podcast where your personal logs are the prime directive. Now, of course... I started my podcasting journey with Josh way back at the start of Quest Me, and you know that I couldn't let an opportunity like this just pass me by. So here is the piece that I have brought for you today. I apologize that I could not be there in person. Now, I am well known as not being a Star Wars detractor, but Star Wars isn't my favorite. Star Trek is. That having been said... I had a very uncomfortable feeling through all of season three of Star Trek Picard of, okay, is this the rise of Skywalker? So, what I have brought for you guys today is the following sentence, and then you can discuss it. Picard season three is the rise of Skywalker, but with much better acting. Okay, now... I don't know if this is due to the fact that Picard Season 3 was mostly legacy characters that we already have a lot of history with, and Rise of Skywalker was kind of one character that we have history with and a bunch of new characters, but I will say I don't want this to come across as a slam on the actors in the Star Wars franchise. I just think they had nothing to work with for Rise of Skywalker. And if you have listened to Open Pike Night, you know that I am constantly saying that the actors are what make some of Star Trek's less impressive plots really, truly work. So, discuss. Thanks again, and don't forget to listen to Open Pike Night. I'm dizzy. should have screened that one, because uh, we clearly went to Rise of Skywalker in Season 3. Um, I, 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 could ag- I could agree with that, um, because Rise of Skywalker was all about the fan service. Like that, That's all that they wanted to do was like bring people back in. That's why you had Palpatine. That's, and, and, you know, and, and space horses. And space. You know, I, I think um. that where I and Jesse, you know, I love you, bro. Um, <laughs> but I will say, I think, and, and we, we do share similar opinions. I am critical on Picard season three a little bit. Um, but I do think that they landed it much better than Rise of Skywalker. Uh, there, there wasn't like yes. the whiplash. Uh, there wasn't the, uh, you know, there was like, I actually wrote down some when we get to it. Yeah, there's a comparison between the Borg and Palpatine. For sure. But I think that, yeah, the acting definitely raised it up. Um, There are questionable storylines that I have, but I think that ultimately um, Star Wars had two hours. Picard had 10. Uh, They were able to tell a more complete story uh, and it just worked better to me. But you know what? Let's not... um... Let's not uh, create excuses for uh, a creative uh, person being able to only use two hours. I mean, there are great movies that are under two hours. So, oh, sure. You yeah. know, with a grain of salt, yeah. I guess. Um, and we will obviously discuss more of of season 
3 and Rise of Skywalker. I, I really I feel bad now because I should have screened that and <laughs> played it before we did episode 3. It's a good primer. We'll get but, we'll, but we'll yeah. circling back. Um, it's like a little preview. <laughs> we'll definitely harken back to that for sure. Uh, we finally got my other co-host in in the stream here. Phil is joining us from uh Pirate Land. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. How are you doing, sir? It's good to good to see you. Doing well. Hey, Ro. Good to see you again, man. Hey, good to see you. Um, Hi, Phil. So, <laughs> Hi, Michelle. Phil, Michelle, Michelle, Phil, Phil. Nice to see you. Thanks for coming in. Same, likewise. <laughs> um, we just finished up our Force Awakens in Season 1 talk, so you're okay. here for the rest awesome. of the, the good show. Um, did you want to give us a quick rating for Force Awakens? What was your overall rating for Ooh. Force Awakens? Ooh. <laughs> uh, I'd probably call it an 8. Eight okay. out of ten. And what about Picard season one? Uh same, honestly. Okay. Uh right. season one was <laughs> it was finding its feet a lot. And uh they were still kind of trying to figure out what they were doing with a lot of the streaming Star Trek stuff. Mm. So Yeah. That makes sense. All right, cool. So let's move on to Blast Jedi in season two. Um, I'm just going to give you my overall rating for Last Jedi and Season 2, and then I'll give you my thoughts that I've written down, and then we'll go from there. So my overall rating for The Last Jedi was a 5 out of 10. My overall rating for Picard Season 2 was a 4 out of 10. Um, as far as The Last Jedi, in I'm gonna, I wrote all this down. So in what's arguably the most controversial Star Wars movie of all time, we get a dozen wrenches thrown into our little fan fantasy of what Star Wars is slash was. Um, before The Rise of Skywalker was released, I did think this to be the weakest Star Wars movie ever. First time watching it, nostalgia took over, and I was back to eight years old seeing my favorite character, Luke. Um, but over time and many more views, I slowly fell into The Last Jedi is the worst Star Wars movie ever trap. Um, the story had the most basic plot in the galaxy and the new characters rose and, and dj were just there to be a distraction from a slow moving car chase in space uh, this movie was more of a finale than anything and i kind of left the theater wondering where the hell do they go from there um, and apparently colin trevorrow thought the same thing because his story was directly contradicting what Ryan Johnson made. Now look, Ryan Johnson did make a good story. He made a good story um, and and it, it really could have worked, but it was in the middle of two separate stories. So it, it was kind of just out of place. Um, I, I will say I, I do like The Last Jedi a lot. I, I, over time and watching it, I still do really like that movie. It's just the, the, the placement of it and where they went with it kind of destroyed a lot of stuff you know they they had such potential with force awakens and ryan johnson could have still made a good movie um but he just kind of disregarded a lot of a lot of stuff i mean luke in in my eyes luke would have and in a lot of fans eyes luke would have never just hermited out because someone you know because he felt bad i mean it's I feel like Luke is more of that wonder kid that goes on a on a, an adventure to solve what was going on. I, I don't think he would have just automatically tried to kill Ben Solo. Like it that was really strange to me and him just tossing the lightsaber behind his shoulder was also like what what? 
and then giving up on the force completely i mean i understand they wanted to move away from legends and what those stories did but god to just really disregard everything that that luke was or is even in old movies was kind of uh kind of a gut punch you know um I still will say that the effects were wonderful in this. There was a lot of fun comedy. They, they better be for $200 <laughs> million. Dollars. The, the um, you know, s- s- some of the things that happened were a lot of fun. Um, Canto Blight was the, the most meaningless story thread ever put into Star Wars. Um, they just needed to get rid of Rose and Finn for a little bit, and I don't think they knew what to do with them. Um Princess Leia flying in space was also interesting. I think that was a missed opportunity to kill her character off there instead. Let her be the one to go and let Luke realize that he needs to come back to the light because of what's going on. Um, but, but, I mean, instead of, of, of doing Leia off, they just killed Akbar off screen, which is kind of weird as well. I, I mean... Again, I, I rate it as a five because it's not the strongest movie, but but compared to The Rise of Skywalker, this movie is leaps and bounds better. Um, that's my personal opinion, <laughs> obviously. And everyone in this movie had so many opinions. It, it was, like I said, the most divisive movie for Star Wars fandom that was ever made, for sure, which it will go down in history as that, hands down. Um, now, I'll give my brief uh, season two right here, right up here, and then, then we'll go on. Um, so... Season two was seriously the worst Star Trek season I think I've ever watched. (laughs) I got extreme cases of plot whiplash and couldn't get behind another Borg threat. Um, Although there were bright spots in the season, um, I think season two left a lot to be desired. Um, even as far as their political views. I mean, you had basically ICE in this. And what a what a perfect example of Star Trek using current events to further their plot. Man, these fireworks are going to drive me nuts. Um, but, yes, happy fourth. Happy fourth. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, that, that, was, that was cool. They, they brought that in, but there was nothing about it. Like, he got kid- taken by ICE, and then you never see him again. You know, like, he gets out of ICE, and, and that's it. No, no big deal. They don't try and like talk about it like Star Trek normally does or like give some sort of life lesson that, that Trek normally does. It was just kind of like, hey, look at this. This is kind of lame, right? All right, moving on. I, <laughs> I would agree that that's one of the biggest failings in season two is that they, yeah. they drop a lot of the, hey, here's your lesson uh, moments right. that Star Trek is, you know, previously at least known for. Yeah. Um, but th- those are, you know, I, I still liked Raffi in this a lot. I-, I didn't really like his decision at the end to stay back, although it made sense. R- Rios. Rios. God, I keep doing this. My bad. <laughs> Rios, the guy. Rios, Rafi. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, I want to call him Rafi. He just seems like a Rafi to me, you know? But um, his decision to stay in the past was, was a little weird to me. And I, I, I guess it kind of makes sense. And if he didn't want to be on season three, then yes, that makes sense to write his character out. Um, you know, bringing uh, Whoopi Goldberg's character, but not bringing her character in was kind of weird. Um, I, she was in at the end, I think, to yeah. kind of settle the story, to be like, all right, here's a wrap up. <laughs> um, but it, yeah, it, definitely the, the weakest Star Trek I think I've, I've ever watched. Um, let's, uh, let's bring uh, Phil's eating. Let's do let's have Michelle's opinions here let's let's have your ratings and stuff for uh 
for Last Jedi and Sure, just give the overall and then kind yeah, of let's yeah. Give the overall mm-hmm. and then and then obviously we're going to discuss things. All as, right. As well, Jesse Jesse from Open Pike is going to be a little disappointed here probably. I gave and I have reasons for this. I gave The Last Jedi a 6 out of 10 and I gave Picard season 2 a 4 out of 10. So the Last Jedi. I don't think I, I've rewatched this movie a couple of times. I think my biggest issues were really with Luke in this movie. The handling of Leia, the handling of um, the new character, some of the new characters like Rose, all of these, like Rose, um, Vice Admiral Holdo, like they all had potential to do awesome things. And it was an interesting story, but I felt like, like Rose and Finn on this side journey, I, I I got what they were trying to do, but I wasn't digging it. And Luke, yeah, I think Mark Hamill would agree with you. It's such a 360 from his character. And listen, characters can change. Characters can do bad things. I know Jesse had said, hey, he followed his father's path. Um, But that wasn't the prophecy. And it like negates some of what happened. And whenever you start messing with beloved characters, Things. I don't want to say canon because I feel like that stirs up a whole other debate. But whenever you start messing with like the OG of any franchise, it starts to get a little, uh, you know, um, and, and Luke to me, like flipping the lightsaber. Okay. Like he's, you know, the scene with him and Yoda was very powerful. I thought I, I really liked that. Um, it's one of my favorite scenes, but like just the, the dismissiveness saga, of but... Han's death. You know, yeah. like not dealing what? with Han's death, the the ray of it all where she wasn't we weren't sure. Like, I kind of liked that she was a nobody, but like the I wasn't digging the the Ray Kylo, whatever they were doing in that movie. The Raylo crush. I love that they can't. Yeah, I love that they came together at the end, but it Ooh. felt like there was just constant whiplash. Do we want kylo to be good do we want him to be bad do we want him to be with ray do we like what do we want it no yeah so the movie felt a little whiplashy to me i and then yeah leia in space she was in a coma most of the movie that was my big problem with it they did not utilize leia again you know and they lost their opportunity and i think that's the biggest crime of the last jedi not utilizing um carrie fisher well in either of those two movies and um, it's it's just heartbreaking. With Picard season two, it was just a dumpster fire because of <laughs> because of COVID, right? Um, and yeah. because they had to change showrunners mid season because Terry Metalis had to shift gears to season three, and so I think Akiva Gold Goldsmith took took the reins, and it just became a different story. And there were things that were problematic, like great, let's deal with Picard's childhood trauma. But, like, let's have a warning, maybe, that you're going to show, like, you know, somebody making themselves unalive. Like, it's like that was very jarring to a lot of people because it's Star Trek. And, yeah, you, like you said, with ICE and immigration, they just, it was like, well, you're talking about the butterflies and don't mess with the timeline. So many butterflies. Rio's staying back. Oh, that was always supposed to happen. But Q was doing it. The Q of it all. He did not get a great send-off because we don't know why he was dying. We don't know what was going on with the continuum. We don't know, you know, his his motivations at the end were because he cared for Picard, but he he belted Picard across the 
face in the second episode. Like, you know, he beat him up, like, you know, and, and just his motivations and what Q was doing. And then you have to have another Sung. Soji was completely dismissed. They made Issa Briones a new character, Corey. They th- it wasn't even Soji anymore. No, just... you threw in Wesley Crusher at the end, which, okay, at least we... For what reason? I'm sorry. Because For they knew reason? he wasn't going to be in season three and they had to explain that he was still alive because it becomes very confusing <sighs> in season three. So, um, you know, it's like these throwaway, throwaway things and, like, they didn't know where they were going to land. And Guinan, like, again, they start off the plot with Laris trying to get with Picard. And it's like, why can't you love Picard? And yet they don't mention the, like the, basically the love of his life, who the fans love, Beverly Crusher. Like this is the time to mention Beverly and they don't. And they make it all about his romance and all about that. But what does he do? He goes home to Laris, who wasn't Talon, okay? The person that he's flirting with the whole season (laughs) and like discovering things about himself with. She just, it's like if you were dating a twin, Right. And then you went off and you had this, oh, let me like spend time with your sister for a while. And like, you know what I mean? Like it's ick. And so like, oh, he should end up with Laris. Why? You fridged Zaban. You, you killed him. I know the actor wasn't available, but, and if you look at the makeup, you know, she was a warrior in season one. In season two, they glammed her up. Um, you know, and I have massive feelings about like, she was a caretaker. She was, there's dynamics there. I'm like, ah, why do we have to do this again? And you're, you know, and then just, yeah, that story was all over the place. So Picard season two, I love the beginning. I love the first episodes of the stargazer. I thought it was sleek. It had a really promising start, but then you've got like the good Borg at the end. Like that, and you know? that's the thing is, it did have a very promising start because you're like, oh, <laughs> sh- oh shit, now they're back in time, and oh man, there's a the Borg threat was, you know, like I said, I wasn't like wanting it, but it was still kind of cool because it was a new set of Borg, and you're like, oh man, this could be interesting, but then come to find out, it's Gerardi who was one of my, you know, she's a big crush of me right now, like, oof. oh baby, but like. She ends up being the Borg queen, and it's like, no, no. Because they were why? getting rid of How characters. Dumb. They're like, you can't be in season three, Rio, so you have to, we have to create a love story for you, and you stay back yeah. in time. Like, you know, yeah. and, and Gerardi, you have to become the Borg queen, because we can't. And Soji, we're just not even going to explain where you go. And Elnor, we're right. going to kill you and bring you back to life, but then you're going to just and go away. you're going to disappear. Yeah. Because we'll, he's not even you know. in the third season. Yeah. And... And like that was the whole point for Rafi was to get her son back. Yeah, they were like, "Yeah, I, I used that name family. right, didn't I?" And that's all erased in season three. Like, no <laughs> yes, mention of yes. Soji or Elnor. They're all season right. three is all about Picard becoming a father. I'm like, he's been a father since he like had Wesley Crusher on the Enterprise. I'm sorry, yes. that's a whole other issue. Yeah. But yeah, he kind of knew. Yeah, I'm coming in hot with that one. But anyway, I I always had I always had a theory that. You know, Wesley was actually Picard's. Son oh, everybody anyway. does. I mean, everybody Beverly does. would I'd never learn. cheat on her husband. People knew no. that didn't happen. <laughs> That's why they had to have a new son in season yeah, three. Yeah. <laughs> um, Phil, Jesse says, "Help me, pirate Phil. You're my only hope." So let's let's get your opinions on uh, Last Jedi <laughs> in season two and and see where we're at here. All right. Well, hi everybody. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
freshly back from uh, working at the Colorado Renaissance Fair. Hi. Uh, Phil and I so, actually got to meet in person for the first yeah. time ever last weekend at the Ren Fair, which was pretty cool. Yes, we actually have like photographic evidence of us being in the same place at the same time. It's yeah. kind of horrifying. <laughs> it's weird. And but. yes, Ricky, that's why I'm here, making all the nonverbal contributions. Yeah. Uh, no, so... Um, Last Jedi, uh, at the at the time, I would have probably called it a nine out of ten. You know, in the in the moment, you know, seeing it <laughs> in the theater, uh, I would, without allowing other people's thoughts on it to to sway me too much, I would probably have revised it back down to about a seven. Um, okay, and I was trying to keep up in. Uh, I was trying to keep up with the novels and various other things as those were coming out at the time too. So I was probably more invested in some of the side characters, uh, you know, some of the, the newer characters. So I, I, I enjoyed it in the moment. I have not really gone back to it other than like reading back through stuff about it to get ready for tonight. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, and then uh picard season two uh michelle i gotta agree it was all over the place um i i was very very disappointed to see how they were handling writing a lot of uh a lot of the characters were getting written out of the show and it, it was a mess it was it was uh a lot of a lot of uh a lot of threads that could have gone places that just got dropped um <clears throat> and i i again i grew up on next generation i mean as as i'm guessing basically we all did <laughs> as, uh i i grew up on next gen it was the it was the star trek i would sit and watch with my grandparents so getting to see you know brent spiner come back and do more characters uh it, but he was awful in season two. Not his acting. He was no, no, not his, his acting. But like the character no, no. was just so ridiculous. Like that whole plot line was ridiculous. Let's hit and Picard with a car. Like, <laughs> let's oh hit yeah, him with I forgot Tesla. about that. Then he yeah, goes into oh, some trauma coma that that Talon, not Laris, that not Laris oh, has to get him out of. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and yeah, that whole relationship developed into nothing because because <laughs> Talon wasn't Laris. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, just they they in all reality both of them were a mess. The the <laughs> second season of Picard and Last Jedi were absolute messes. So Jesse's um, big question is is, is the Last it Jedi better, better is than it better the Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker? I break his heart. <laughs> I don't know about better, but it was so it was so different from the other formulas that we'd seen in Star Wars before. It was such a throwback to classic like World War II movies with the with the bombing run, with the stern chase. Um, all of that was such a, a such a throwback to the like World War II movies that Ryan Johnson was a huge fan of when he was a kid. Um, so I, I enjoyed those elements of it for being so different from Ryan Johnson was never a kid. <laughs> Let's just say it had better. There's some better but, scenes in 
right? Like some of the yeah, scenes no, are better. Yeah, there's some absolutely incredible scenes. Yeah, I would say but, yeah, like uh, uh, separate scenes are Carrie, really excellent. But yeah, yeah, you were right. Carrie Fisher was absolutely, tragically, obviously, uh, wasted in that movie. Um, <laughs> and not the way she used to be in some of her other stuff. Not fun. <laughs> yeah, not a fun way. <laughs> no, I, wow. I, I adore Carrie Fisher and I, I miss her very much. Yeah, um, for sure. Miss you, Space Mom. <laughs> yeah, and uh -oh. it's it's definitely uh yeah Jesse's gonna unsubscribe. That's too bad. When was he ever subscribed? Uh, <laughs> Get out of here! <laughs> no, so, um, I I admired it for doing more to try to mix up the Star Wars formula. The only mm. other Star Wars thing that I could think of at that at that point in that time period, the only other thing to try to mix that formula up that much was Rogue One. Mm hmm. And that movie was fantastic, for sure. Yeah, top top yeah. tier. Yeah, no, definitely, absolutely. Um, so, uh, um, and and I had held off honestly on watching season two of Picard. I I had held off until honestly a few weeks ago. Um, just again getting ready for tonight. I you know started binging through season two and three because I loved the first season of Picard for, for its, for its own faults. You know, I, I still <laughs> love the first season of Picard and I, I knew that just from what I'd seen around as season two was coming out, it was like, I don't know how much time I'm going to need to devote to this outside of the like, you know, 10 hours of actual like screen time. Um, and it, it had its moments too. It definitely had some, you know, some clever ideas, but you know, some of it felt like rehashing a lot of the movies. You know, we got the whole first contact bit with the Borg time travel storyline. We got uh, a little bit of Star Trek Nemesis with uh, Data, who wasn't Data. Oh yeah. Um, we got just. They tried. They, they did try. Tried. They tried. For and, sure. and and they failed. They <laughs> they did well enough to give us season three, and I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Um, so because, Ro, uh, yeah. I would say Ro, let, let's. Uh, yeah. I know you have some thoughts about the Last Jedi in season two, so let's hear them. <laughs> so for me, season two of Picard was a chore to watch. <laughs> um, I it was such a mess, and um, you know I, I I enjoyed season one of Picard, um, like Phil says, with with all its faults, um, but I still enjoyed it. But season two was oh my god, it was was horrible. Um, there was a lot there. There was a lot there that uh, again they 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 tried, they swung, and they missed. Um, you know, and 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 it's funny because the Borg are. I think the Borg are everybody's favorite, you know, Star Trek villain. Um, they were created, uh, you know, for the TV show back in back in the day, and um, they're great. They were a formidable opponent. They had some really cool, you know, powers, and the concept of the Borg is is uh, is really fascinating from a purely science fiction standpoint. And I think bringing them into uh, Star Trek was was great. 
Um, I think throughout the 90s, I think they might have been overused because obviously the fans really enjoyed, you know, seeing the Borg. But, you know, from time to time, you'd see them in every, you know, there was a lot of Star Trek in the 90s on the small screen on, on TV. Voyager and, and every especially. So yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it, it's interesting. And I love me some Borg queen. I think the, the Borg queen, the movie, when she, when we first see her and you see her torso mm-hmm. coming down, attaching to the rest of the body. One of the, Man, most, that was hot. That was hot. That was hot. Baby. Iconic, yeah. One of the most iconic scenes in science fiction and, yeah. and the behind the scenes shit for how they did that is super cool too. Directed by Jonathan yeah. Frakes. Yep. yep. Dude's a wizard behind the camera. And also really a is. shout out yeah. to Annie Wershing, though, who passed away, who played oh, the Borg yeah. Queen in season two of Picard. I think she did. She a great did wonderful. Job. Yeah, mm-hmm. she did a phenomenal job. And, I, you know, for a while it was indistinguishable between the two a- actresses. And I th- I, I'm like looking, I'm like, oh, man, they brought her back. You know, they did, didn't they? But uh, she did a, a really, really great job uh, portraying the, the Borg Queen. Um, but yeah, I mean, the rest of the characters that surrounded the season, the second season of Picard, um, and again, you know, I, I think the actors are great, but the the roles that they took on, the writing of season two was just abysmal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the characters uh, went over to season three. We talked about, you know, Rafi, and I think um, her role in season three was a little bit, it, it was a lot better written and there was some stuff there that that were that were great that was great um but yeah man season two of picard um i don't know what they were thinking it's kind of rough i i totally it agree was... that it was more of a chore to watch through that i remember every week being like Ugh, the new episode's out Ugh, isn't this over <laughs> right well you just were wondering what yeah. the point was and yeah. the time travel yeah. of it all and will will elnor get resurrected like the kill you know the and and what is happening with Q? He and felt Q very thing, ancillary like, to everything too. Like, like wh- yeah, I don't know why they brought him. I in. mean, they they propped him up to be the main villain of season two, and it would have made sense if he was. Like, what? You know, yeah, why not? Why not sure. throw them to different t- periods in time multiple times? You know, and I mean, he's Q's the reason that we have the encounter with the Borg in the first place. Right. The right. the OG encounter with the Borg is. And there was no tie-in. It would have been a great tie-in somehow to tie them They're in. Working and, together and or something. Well, it's, something. it's like they tried yeah. to do tapestry a little differently and just just <laughs> whiffed because they were trying to do too much. And also, I yeah. think the COVID protocols played into it. They, they needed to do something in L.A. outside, especially you're trying right. to be considerate yeah. of, you know, certain, especially the older, you know, those who are, you know, compromised or whatever sure. so i think that that plus changing the showrunners really I, I think terry was even surprised with some of the ending he's it sounded like in interviews i like not surprised but like oh i didn't know they were gonna do that because he had plans for season three yeah. i don't know why they wrote the borg into season two knowing they were gonna bring it into season three when they already touched on it in season one um but it's a continuing problem but the borg are awesome like they're awesome if you make them a formidable opponent that is right. that makes opponent. sense sure. you know for yeah. the story yeah. <laughs> which is why i loved how they were implemented in season one of picard right it was because more the got, xbs it was about their got, story we got hugh we got echeb who got, we got killed seven. off for no we reason got, yeah that yeah. broke my voyager my, lo- that broke my voyager <laughs> loving heart i well just, not even echeb like at yes. least his death like forwarded seven's plot again it was a fridge death 
but but you had um but you also had Hugh dying for no reason. That was ridiculous yeah, that was in crazy. season one. Yeah. I mean, but he was kind of yeah. in it for no reason too, so like Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sure. it was a, a connection between Picard and the Borg that wasn't, yeah. you know, locutus. Yeah, that's that's true. Right. Um Yeah. So Last Jedi then. Oh my god. <laughs> um What's uh as far as rating, um what's less than zero? <laughs> uh, I um mean, a zero out of ten. All right. I absolutely despise that movie um for for a couple of reasons. I think um I think Ryan Johnson um is overrated. I think he thinks of himself too much. Um I think uh, you know there were people huh? not no, it's banned in my household. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, you know, getting back to what Michelle was talking about regarding Luke, I think, uh, you know, she, I think this is probably the biggest, um, gripe that a lot of fans have. Um, you know, Luke was the new hope. Luke was the one that, uh, saved his father from the dark side. Um, it takes a lot to, to be able to believe that you can do that. And then all of a sudden now in this movie, he's like, mm, nah, never mind. It just, it does not make sense. And Mark Hamill, you know, stated it, uh, you know, for a long time uh, afterwards. And uh, I know he was forced to retract his statements. Uh, no one was is going to ever convince me that it wasn't a request from Lucasfilm. From, yeah. Um, but, um, you know, he lived and breathed the character for so many years. Um, you know, I think he's entitled to the opinion. I understand that, uh, you know, that dialogue or that narrative kind of fueled the, um, you know, the, the, the folks that were, you know, burning action figures on YouTube and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not one of those. I, I, I'm proud to say, I but, didn't, um, I don't think I ever saw that people were burning. Action oh yeah, figures don't, don't worry. There? Don't worry about it. You don't need, you don't need Whoa. to see it. Um, and um, yeah, so I am uh, not a fan of I mean, I'm not a fan of the sequel trilogy to begin with. But The Last Jedi is probably a film that uh, will go down in history as breaking the uh, the 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 lore of Star Wars, not the lore, just breaking the franchise. I mm. think, um, you know, we saw evidence of it, you know, after uh, after the release and people were talking about it and then Solo was released and. Nobody wanted to see Solo because, you know, they wanted to vote with their pockets uh, regarding right. The Last Jedi. Which and, I enjoyed uh, Solo. You know, and, I'll, I'll be the first. Yeah, I, I love Solo. I, I watched it in the movie theater. Yeah. Um, I watched it in the movie theater. I don't regret it. And uh, I enjoyed it a lot. I still have my little um, uh, Solo popcorn tin and stuff. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, zero out of ten uh, for many reasons. And, you know, I think um, a lot of people agree with you on that, too. The whole breaking of Star Wars. Yes, Jesse, we understand Star Wars is made for kids. Yes, actors aren't writers. Yes, that, that all is fine and dandy. But at the same time, what Ryan Johnson kind of did, well, like he wanted to make things different, right? He wanted to make it go in a different direction and give a 360 and stuff. But I think he just kind of did it in the wrong ways. There was other things you could have done like i said killing off princess leia would have been a pretty big deal and it would have made a lot more sense to do that but then, then she have... wouldn't have had anything to do like she ended up not having anything to do but i think that you I don't want to fridge you know you don't want to fridge leia i do think that luke yeah. at the end at least he had a strong he yes we can argue about oh he used the force across the galaxy thing i love that reveal when kylo ren goes to rip him and then 
it's forced Luke. Um, yeah. I know people hate it. I know they hate that Luke died from projecting himself across the galaxy. That it was so hard. I, oh. Listen, it is. It's. I mean, I do think that there are limitations to the Force, and I'm okay with that. I. <laughs> But why was Luke such an asshole to his nephew? Well, what, I mean, that's what okay, I disagree I, with. That I, Luke Skywalker, after all he went through to save his father from the dark side, his father who massacred, who's basically Hitler in space, he but he's going to kill his nephew because he's afraid he's going to become Darth Vader. Okay, maybe because PTSD from his father, but his father, you know, like I think that he would have made it, maybe had so a extreme, different approach. Though. It's kind of odd that Luke. Because that's what sets Ben Ben off, right? Like you mm-hmm. tried to kill yeah. me. I would be pissed yeah. about that too. And it makes it makes Ben Solo's story make a little bit more sense that Luke Skywalker would would do that. Tried to kill him, right? Because out of fear. Right. <clears throat> but it does tell an interesting story in that even your heroes can fall, and even your heroes, you know, can can fail you. And I think Picard was trying to do that too. Patrick Stewart was very adamant. Again, actors aren't writers. This is part of the problem. He was very adamant that Picard had to be different, that he grew over 20 years. Yes, people change, but they don't change, like, usually they don't change who they are tremendously. To the core. And I, yeah. yeah, at the core. Yeah, at his heart. Core. And I think yeah, with absolutely. Luke, like, he, that moment where he decided to try to kill Ben, or he had that momentary, maybe I'm going to kill him, and he, he lights up the lightsaber, you know that was there any coming back from that and then not being there for his sister like the fact that he mm-hmm, you know yeah. oh All it just that, breaks fans hearts really you know screwy. It, it really is, i yeah. i you know there there's an adage that says um evil wins when good men do nothing and i think the fact that luke said you know what because there's good in the in the in the universe or, or or the the Jedi are good or whatever. Like I, because I'm doing because I'm fighting evil, evil is winning. That's the ridiculous notion to me. It's it's also like what is yeah. the Force? I'm glad we didn't do the Metachlorian thing. Like that's why I really didn't care for the prequels with all this stuff. Like we're getting <laughs> back to what the Force is, right? And I think his his scene with Yoda really said a lot, and I that meant a lot, and like. His short scene, his force force scene with his sister. Okay, there was something there, but it just with the dice. Yeah, it. Mm-hmm. I know, but it just ultimately, <laughs> it ultimately left fans wanting. I want to defend parts of it because honestly, the story, it, like if you take it outside of Star Wars, it could be a really interesting story. But uh, because you're dealing with flipping Luke Skywalker, who's everybody's childhood hero, and you're messing with that, you're messing with the OG. It's it's gonna be taken you know, it's going to be a hard sell. It's not, it's not going to be good. Yeah. By the way, side note, Kathleen Kennedy is trending. I I, I think she's got fired again. Oh, again? Ooh. For like the third yeah. time this year? Everybody keeps <laughs> saying that, but uh. it doesn't happen. I mean, she, you got, you know what? She, the Mandalorian, uh, you know, Rogue One, like there are good, there's good Star Wars coming out now. So for every, and all the crap that people give Kathleen Kennedy and she's deserving of, <laughs> there's also a lot of good stuff coming out that she's yeah, trying to learn. Uh from things i'm gonna go yeah. ahead and say that kathleen kennedy has nothing to do with mandalorian she just hired john favreau Look, but she hired franchise. him she hired him it's kind of like um the- it's like uh, alex kurtzman you know everybody gives him yeah. crap and it's like look he hired terry metallis and he made picard season three so you can't you know yes you can critique some of the things but there's good things in there too mm-hmm. you know just 
put yeah. it out there. And again, I can I, like I the... can I can I yes. just please. I I loved that we got a another throwback to Akira Kurosawa. Uh, mm. So the whole premise of the original Star Wars, the whole plot is based on uh, Akira Kurosawa's film, The Hidden Fortress. Like that was that was one of Lucas's biggest inspirations. So Ryan Johnson goes and he pulls plot elements from Rashomon. Where we have Rashomon is this story of uh, of a young woman who is attacked by a wandering uh, maybe samurai. Um, But we get the story from three different perspectives over the course of the film Rashomon. The whole thing is told from three different characters perspectives Mm -hmm. and it's never exactly the same because everybody has different views on how everything happened which is what we get with the whole scene with Luke and Ben. And we get various different perspectives on that. And that's just a nice kind of nod to the origins of star Wars. So, I mean that things like that um, give me reason to give it a little more credit than, than a lot of the the fans will. It also Uh, had a nice hope at the end where even the little guy can have the force, right? Like that kid. Yes. Oh, I, I like that. I love the broom broom boy. Boy. Yeah, you know, and that the, the whole broom boy can go sweep up. <laughs> the whole galaxy could rise up. You know what I mean? Like there's potential that the force is not just this exclusive little thing to the Skywalker family, that it expands beyond that. Uh, I did like that. But you know what you know? though? It's, it's, it's interesting though, because I have, I have um, read a lot of comments regarding the force being exclusive to the Skywalker family. It never no, was. that's true. Never that's true. Been. I mean, wh- where is this coming from? Yeah. Like what, why is it like, always, like, Oh, you the force is always I, been think, about I mean, of said... course, it's, it's been strong with the Skywalker family, but look at the prequels. I mean, there's, Force users all over the place that are but not. But they're always ancillary Skywalker. characters, except in like the um the animated series, right? Like that's where they really shine. If you look at the movies, like even the prequel series, it's not like they're getting top billing. It's always the Skywalker family that's the strongest, and that that's gonna you know. Well, it's because George is. Yeah. It's because it's the 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 saga of this particular family in this mm-hmm. trilogy, right? I that's mean, why they. That, and that's Skywalker. part of the problem so pick, about how they pick. handled the Skywalker families because it is their story and you're trying to veer away right. from it in this. I think that's what the biggest problem people had. Aren't you telling the Skywalker story? And then mm. they did a big 360 in the next movie to try to correct that. And it didn't exactly land well. Um, but I yeah, do think I like terrible. the idea of like other, other people showing force sensitivity again, because you didn't really get that in the OG trilogy, right? It was like Luke had the force maybe leia had it a little bit right but but i like the expanding it yes they did it in the prequels and you see that in like the clone wars and all that but um i just i like that part i was trying to find some good stuff in a movie that was very divisive you know (laughs) i know i i feel like the force has always been about balance too like that's why at the end of revenge of the sith you're left with two three force users you know you got Palpatine and Vader and Obi-Wan and Yoda two and two like that was that's the balance now. sure and then yeah. you get to uh the end of Return of the Jedi and it's off balance now because Palpatine and Vader are gone and you have 
Luke and Leia that are technically Force users, I guess. So it just seemed weird in this one, too, that they, they didn't even talk about any sort of balance or anything like that. It was just, oh, now we got the Knights of Ren from wherever. Who the hell and are they? Snoke right. does things, too. You know, like, <laughs> the, the Jedi Academy would have been cool to expand on a little bit more. Um, we don't know how many people Luke trained. I mean, and even still, we don't know because, as far as I know, the only the only other Jedi he's trained is Grogu. He, he said, "Well, there, there's there's a comic book that explains a little bit about uh, the Jedi Academy right before the Last Jedi." And okay, um, okay, I forgot, little, uh, but yeah, more in depth. But but it's but it's kind of like. You know, the, the, the comic books and some of the novels came out after the sequel trilogy to kind of help explain and or fix some of the narrative that was that was lacking. Yeah. yeah. And 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 I, you know, and you know, a lot of people. Holes. Yeah. And a, a lot of people kind of relate that to what um, the Clone Wars animated series did for the prequels. But I think that's a whole different scenario. I think the the Clone Wars, you know. They were explained. A lot of stuff in the in the prequels were were explained and laid out. And George did a, I think, a, a decent job in in telling you. And obviously, we knew about the Clone Wars from the original series. I mean, they were mentioned. Right. You can kind of extrapolate the books, um, the Legends books, kind of yeah. dove a little bit more into Clone Wars. Yeah, too. yeah, and 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 not getting into legend stuff, but I think um, you know the uh, the excuse that uh, you know the the books for the sequel trilogy is the same thing as the Clone Wars for the prequels is is all BS. Yeah, I think you also have sense, to cause... go to secondary and tertiary sources for things. It starts to get a little tiring for fans. Like yeah. you want to. Like you want to right. see your heroes on right, right? Write a good script at the yeah. Write a good script at the, uh, at the top, yeah. and then yeah. Just and how long do we need to, it to be the Skywalker saga? Well, I mean, they, they're fan favorites. Well, you know, the, I don't I, know. I, it's like saying how yeah, how long do we I, need I really like do... Pike or Picard or Seven or you know right. I I. Or Indiana yeah. Jones. <laughs> this is a good question. Are we no, mad at I... George for selling Disney, or, or mad at George for selling or Disney for making? Um, I am just kind of mad at both sides. I don't think George was <laughs> no, up to the I, task, I would, though, based on the prequels. I so I don't know if he would have done. No, but he could have wrote a script and then it gave gave it to somebody else. I think know? I'm I'm more mad at George for selling to Disney because I think, you know, be because he was the creator of this galaxy far, far away. I think it should have stayed with him until he was done telling the story. And, you know, he said he had story ideas for seven, eight and nine. He should have stuck with it, stayed with it, created this this legacy of nine films that were um, his, his blood, sweat yeah. and tears. And now we don't have that. Um, and it's, it's too bad. But he so also not, leaned, I, 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 I leaned on other writers. He'd done it 20 years ago. He leaned on I, other I writers and yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He leaned on other writers and then he, but he didn't know, for the, the prequels I mean, and what Phil is saying yeah. about 20 years ago. Yes, please go because that I just, yeah. I mean, if, if he wanted to do, I, I, if George had wanted to do them himself, he needed to do them, you know, a long time ago, a long time ago. He, he, yeah. he, he needed to not the, there was so much of a plot gap left in that was filled in by the old EU. Uh, and when they decided they, when, when time, you know, actual time in the real world necessitated that they, undo uh that and reset canon 
that that shifted everything. That, and Picard that did yeah, this too. It reset canon. Oh yeah, yeah. Like a little bit with the but lit first. Get it. Getting back to the Star Wars comment, Phil, the the normies um, do not are not aware of expanded universe when it right. comes to Star Wars right. and the lore. Oh no, so no. They all they see is the movies. All I would consider myself so, a normie for the most part because I I've seen Clone Wars. I've seen like, but I don't delve too deeply into it. So I I count myself there, and that's what makes me upset that we never saw like our big three together, you know, and mm-hmm. and and that it was just hand waved a little bit yeah yeah um yeah, it's not we're uh we got to move on from this one we could probably talk about last no let's keep talking while, but <laughs> rant, uh, rant, rant. I, I do want to give uh the ratings let's see jesse left a little while ago but her rating for last jedi was seven out of ten and season two was a three out of ten um jacob's rating for last jedi was a ten out of ten wow um, and picard season two was a seven out of ten and i think that's the the fun thing about last jedi is it's so divisive that you have people that are on this extreme and you have people that are on the bottom extreme and they will defend it until they die they will die and on again whatever there's hill no on. there's no middle ground yeah it's there's, there's no middle ground and i think i i'm finding that uh to be you know true for a lot of movies these days i mean i went to go see uh indiana jones 5 we just had a show on it last uh what it was yesterday last night nice and um yeah, I mean, on, on on Twitter, you see people that are like, oh, my God, it's the best thing since sliced bread. And then you see people that, oh, my God, they ruined uh, another <laughs> legacy character. It's like, geez, where, you know, it's got to be. Some sort of uh, I, I did hear somebody refer to it today as the Indiana Jones and the butt dial of destiny. <laughs> Oh my god! That's you funny. can't make fans uh, happy. That's the thing. You can't make everybody happy, right. and you've you've got to tell your story. I think at the end of the day, if you're the writer, you're the creative, you're the actor, like you just have to do the best you can at your job. But do your do your research. And yes, yeah, somebody had said it's all about making money. That's the instinct, right? And if you want to make money, yes. then it's not about just listening to the fans because the fans don't always have a tap on what they actually do want. Um, I think Mm. we're seeing that, but it is about having your pulse on the fandom as a whole and being like, okay, what can we get away with? That's different, but also how can we honor (laughs) what's come before? And that balance, just like the force needs balance. So do Mm, these things, right? Yeah. And so do the fans. If sudden, but inevitable says the name Ryan Johnson (laughs) one more time, I'm going to. Oh, Jesse. Use an ice pick to remove my yeah, eyes. Jesse's the kid that'll die on that hill too. For He's like, adamant. I know, he I loves know. it. Love well, listen, it. I yeah, wish. Who yeah, was totally. it that gave it a ten? Jacob. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's too bad yeah, he's yeah. not on here. Too bad Jesse's not yeah. on here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, we'll, we'll have another Trek Wars episode. I'm sure that, uh, like I said, I really oh, want to do an. Uh, we got it. <laughs> Really want to do a Strange New Worlds versus The Mandalorian at some point. Going down. I feel, it reminds me of those. Remember those claymation things on MTV? The uh, celebrity, celebrity death, celebrity death, death match. match. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Let's do it. Jesse, um, you're always in toddler mode. <laughs> so we so, love about you. <laughs> hey, this is Sam Whitwer. Hey, this is Will Wheaton. I'm Armin Shimmerman. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. It's Carol Baskin. Hi, this is Aaron McCarty. Hi, this is Mark Pellegrino. And welcome to the FSF Popcast, your home for the all nerdy, no dirty interviews with people in our sci-fi and pop culture world. You can find us on your favorite audio podcast providers, 
and of course our YouTube channel. I'm gonna I'm gonna move on to the final parts of these things here: the Rise of Skywalker and season three of Picard. Um, again, we'll do the same thing. I'll read my little synopsis, whatever what I thought about it, give my rating, and then we'll we'll go around the room and and do this again. So I'm gonna start with Picard season three though this time, uh, and I rated that a nine out of ten. Um, and I had said, this is what we were waiting for since season one. What a wonderful ride through nostalgia with our favorite original crew of the M- Enterprise. Okay, I know it's not the original crew, but you know what I'm saying. Um, I absolutely loved where this story went. The suspense, the reveals, um, all the nostalgia I just mentioned culminated into 10 episodes was just a treat. Um, all the heartache and questions we had after season two were erased during the season, except what happened to Picard's new lady whatever um personally we could have just she's on chow talk four she's fine yeah. she's tal oh, shiar agent she's gonna be okay oh, guys she never needed picard it's fine right um but i i think personally this we could have just had this season and everything would have been fine um this is picard this is what we wanted and i enjoyed every minute of it except when shaw died that kind of sucked um but yeah, I mean, season three was for me the the best out of out of the three, and like I said, I, I think we could have just had that one, and it would have been all right. Um, now, as far as Rise of Skywalker goes, um, uh, that is a two out of ten for me. Can't get much worse than that, um, unless you're Roe, then you can get worse than that. But yes, um, I <laughs> I just I I can't, man. I we spent the first twenty minutes of this movie retconning the Last Jedi and receiving rapid plot points one after the other. Bam, 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 and then somehow Palpatine returned. Uh, what the actual fuck? Um, why? <laughs> the 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 rest of this movie just turns into basically Indiana Jones in space. Um, not even Lando, Lando or Wedge could save this dumpster fire, in my opinion. It is the worst Star Wars ever. I've only watched it through once, like I said, um, and it was in the theaters. The It's the only Star Wars movie I don't own, um, and I, I just, I can't, I, I've tried. I have watched, I've, I'm like, okay, I'm going to try Rise of Skywalker again and see what happens. I get like 30 minutes in, I get to the part where Lando walks in, and I'm like, nope, off, I'm done. <laughs> Um, and you don't want to see the partying on Poseidon. Oh God, I mm, to me the Last Jedi is a masterpiece compared to this movie. Um, and at, at least, at least that movie knew where it was going. <laughs> like to the trash bin. <laughs> this, I mean, like I said, this to me is I just I can't. It, it's they they ruined the Skywalker saga to me by by making Rey a Skywalker. By making her a Palpatine, aren't um, you into the whole found family though? Yeah, I thought you were. I'm into, into the, the found, found family, family, but I'm not into the like. Let's just write this in real quick to make it make sense. <laughs> I mean, M- Michelle was was right when when it comes to I would have rather her just been a nobody that was able to use the Force because it would have yeah. made more sense to have new Force users come in and take that sure. torch from the Skywalker family. I mean, they're already going to make a new Ray movie. It would have made more sense right. for her to be a nobody and go go on like that and and not continue the Star Wars saga because dude, th- this should have been the ending of the Star Wars saga, not the beginning of the uh, or sorry, the Skywalker saga. Not it should have been the end of Skywalker, not the not the beginning of Skywalker part 2. Do we all like, really want to think about how Palpatine had a son? I mean, honestly, I don't really want to think about that. I, <laughs> keep going, Sudden. Keep going. <laughs> Take my eye out. I just like 
Yeah, Palpatine. You know what's why? funny? It, the, the new the new Ray movie. I, the let the pissing contest continue. The new Ray movie. The first scene's going to say, "Oh yeah, I, I'm actually Ray Johnson, <laughs> <laughs> not Skywalker." Shots fired. Sorry. <laughs> I would probably be okay with that because then at least they're getting rid of the Skywalker saga. Like, good lord, what a dumpster fire! It just. Man, and even in the theaters, I, I remember watching it in the theaters and at the end being like, I'm never going to watch this again. This is this is terrible to me. And I've gotten some Twitter arguments with people about it because there are so many people that really, really liked The Rise of Skywalker, and I just don't see it. I don't... That's, again, personal opinion. You know, Roe hates Last Jedi. I hate Rise of Skywalker, but we can all agree. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, to me it's funny because I've had similar arguments with people on uh, Twitter regarding hating the Rise of Skywalker but loving the Last Jedi, and like to me it's like backwards. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's bizarre. It's like where, what bizarro planet am I? On? I think sometimes storytelling and the way that the acting and the way that certain scenes come across in the Last Jedi, at least for me, like I can watch that and be like, okay, this is a moving scene or this is trying to tell me something. In Rise of Skywalker, I'm like. Oh my gosh, what am I doing with this wayfinder? Oh, it's a dagger now. Oh, where's it going? Oh, look, Han's here, but he's like a projection of oh, Ben's Paul has like, an ex-girlfriend? What? Yeah, there was a lot of jumping around. <laughs> it was Well, God forbid people keep shipping Finn and Poe, so we've got to make it very clear that Poe has a girlfriend. Oh, that's right. I would have much rather had that. Yeah. That would have been awesome. Like, come on now. <laughs> Breaking the norm there. Or like Finn yelling Ray the whole the time. Actors. Yeah. I love so many oh of the God. actors Ray. they brought in for this one. I just I mean Well, friends of JJ, for sure. <laughs> oh, Felicity, what's her name? See, and, yeah. and that made me a little sad to see, you know, some of the characters that we were trying they were trying to introduce in uh Last Jedi just kind of got sidelined because it's like, oh, hey, JJ's friend wants to be in Star Wars. Same thing. I mean, similar things happen in Picard season you, three with sidelining too. I love you. I love you, you stupid hobbit. But I love other people. Oh, yeah, he yeah. was in there, huh? Yes, he was. And for, yeah. no, just for no reason. reason. He did. He like said one line and it was right after Poe said somehow Palpatine returned, which, by the way, Palpatine returned yeah. in Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> that's right Somehow. i forgot about that that's right the yeah. laugh <laughs> i just okay uh, michelle let's let's go on to you what, what's okay. your rating for rise of skywalker in season three all right so rise of skywalker is my lowest at five out of ten uh for the star wars sequels um and for picard season three i gave it a nine out of ten uh which is a little high i actually i think I had it. At, I, I I hover between like an eight and a nine out of ten. And and for mm. this is my thing with Rise of Skywalker. It just felt like they were trying to like completely reverse the Last Jedi, but in a way that was like you're in the car, but it's like and it's just going around the whole movie, and you're like, wait, Palpatine's <laughs> back? He's cloning Snoke? Oh, Snoke didn't matter. He was just a puppet. Like, oh, oh, why? oh, really? Rey is the granddaughter of Palpatine. Oh, that's why she's so powerful. Okay. And then it's like, oh, let's have Ben and Rey kiss. And then he dies because he's redeemed. And now he's a force ghost. And it's like, what? What are you talking about? Why is everything happening with the Wayfinder? With the dad? Like, everything's like, get to the next thing. C-3PO has red eyes and is evil because they have to hack into his... You know, all of these things, and, they're not and, telling me a story that I care about. 
they're just trying to get from A to B to C to D, you know? And no yeah. consequences. The C-3PO thing drives me nuts. What is this? Because there's what was zero that? consequence yeah. to that. <laughs> yeah. he, like, he was supposed to lose all of his memories, and then R2's like, oh, I, mm-hmm. I, got his, I got his shit saved on the cloud over here. Plug him in. Like, oh, I had yeah. it backed up. It's all good. C3P. Oh, no. No, that's good, Jesse. (laughs) But I will say this about, I mean, I I thought they they tried to do right by Leia, but they just couldn't. And I really feel like this would have been a different film if Carrie Fisher was alive. You know, they really had a scramble to rewrite. Phil, you were going to. Oh, I was, I was just going to say they would have had her working as a script doctor on it if she'd still been alive. Yeah, right. I mean, because some some actors What's can, right? <laughs> uh, but I, I, I loved her work, uh, just, you know, working on scripts throughout her whole career. Just Well, I mean, sometimes you just have to call apart. a spade a spade and Carrie Fisher would do that. I, yeah, yeah. You know, and it was sad because she was so outside. She wasn't really part of the first two movies as much as she should have been. So it was it was like we were waiting for her moment. And we never got it. I know my co-host Jesse, she was, I mean, a huge Star Wars fan, huge Carrie Fisher fan. Very de- devastating for her to lose her icon, right? Mm, um, and yeah. for a lot. So when you have that real life, you kind of want to love the movie because it's Carrie Fisher's last movie. You want to give it some sure. like, okay, this is the last time yeah. we're gonna see Leia. There were some beautiful moments, like, okay, Harrison Ford came back. Okay. Like, but ultimately what 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 was the point of the movie? Like, what were they trying to tell us? I, I don't know. They just needed to wrap it up real quick. That's yeah, all but whereas with, like Picard a, season a, three, they actually gave us a nice story. So this is the uh, go ahead, Phil. I'm sorry. I I was yeah. just gonna say and a and a an abrupt end. I mean, just oh, yeah. trying to Ben just to dying. Push, oh, like trying no to consequences. Push the sequel trying to push the sequel out that quickly when. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you know, and here's the thing with Picard season three, because I'm actually I'm actually pretty critical of certain parts of it. So, you mm. know me, I love my Dr. Beverly Crusher. She was our space mom, like like her coming back in full force like that. Terry Metalis loves Gates McFadden and Beverly Crusher. So she got some really awesome stuff. She was very pivotal to plot points like she was sciencing. She was kicking butt. She was like very intelligent Uh, She was important to the story. However, she was also, yet again, a mom. Yet again, a love interest for Picard, but not really. Like, he really just, that whole storyline was off screen and dropped like a hot potato, just like Laris was. They shouldn't have even had her in season three. It didn't, you know, because she should have gone with him. Because she was an ex-Tal Shiar agent who was not Starfleet. Like, if this was not a TNG reunion, which they say it's not, but it is, um, you know, Lara should have gone with Picard. Um, and she didn't. She's on Child Talk 4 doing her thing. Uh, but Beverly is, she's given this very tropey, very difficult storyline. And the only reason that it kind of worked is because of the writing and it was written, that scene in sickbay in episode three in 17 seconds was written by two women. Now, yes, it was Terry's pitch and Terry worked on it too, but it was written from both perspectives and it, that's what made it so powerful. But you had her, the, the CMO of the enterprise get accidentally pregnant <laughs> and then hide the kid from Picard. You made her a bad guy. When she's had almost no character development over seven seasons and four movies. And Picard has had all the character. Like, you made her 
like this is the tropiest trope and i really had issues with that i still kind of have issues with it but i let it i let it go and she's, enjoyed it you know she's the MacGuffin. Yeah, and she had really good points yeah. that I, I side with Bev on her decision because I think, if anything, the, the series Star Trek Picard really soured me on Picard himself. I'm like, you're horrible to all your 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 women that you're, you've been involved with. You're horrible to, like, Rafi and Elnor. You abandon people. You give, like, you, you have, you've changed, but, but not for the better. Yeah, but they gave an excuse, like they kind of explained why he was like that, right? You know, it's, uh, and I think everybody's got his mom. Uh, Is that what you're? I, <laughs> I forgot about that. I mean, what is the reason? Yeah, I guess he just can't relate. He can't relate. I mean, I, I think they were trying to say that the death of his mother, and listen, I think it's a great reason, like the death of his mother, the way that she died affected picard but the problem is he doesn't own that with beverly beverly doesn't know what happened to his mother beverly doesn't know she wasn't in season two yeah picard's telling jack oh <laughs> oh my god she wasn't in either of them he doesn't even mention her you don't even think he cares about her in the movies or picard and this is where it's like justice for beverly and she yes. she comes in and, and he's like there's always been a barrier he should be telling that to beverly like you know you talk about han yeah. and leia like imagine if it wasn't Leia in the in the Force Awakens that it was some other chick, right? Like, and all of a sudden we have to like do that. Like, Kira, yeah, Kira yeah, we get Kira back. back. We get, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! But I think Picard. I mean, Tragic. the good parts of Picard season three were that it did fan service right. Like, yes, we had all the ships, but they were they stole the cloaking device from from the the Klingon ship from from the voyage home. That was awesome. They use it in the story. Terry Metalis told a good story and there was great acting and the story, I mean, good storytelling. And, and I mean, emotional storytelling. It, it, there was some parts that were predictable, like the Borg, <clears throat> but you also had the, you had the changeling thing, which I thought was very interesting. Bringing back out so many elements from deep space nine made me so happy because it had just been so neglected with the next generation films and then jumping immediately to the Kelvin verse, to, to the to the J.J. Abrams films, and, and just <sighs> so many so many characters who just kind of got dropped until they needed to be referenced at some other point, twenty years yeah. down the line. You know, I do think we, the we, data storyline could have been a little bit. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't feel as many emotions during that whole thing that I thought I was going. But to. I don't think he doesn't need any more. Enough with data. I'm sorry. I love data. I, but yeah, like I other that. characters needed and more. But I think it was execution. Yeah. Maybe we that. Maybe that's yeah. why too. Is because I'm just like, well, he's just gonna be back again. Maybe he's gonna die again in this season. I thought they did. They did back. a decent job with all the different. I mean, Marina Sirtis was not available as much, which is why she got sidelined a bit. I know fans are. We'll make her a hostage. It'll be great. <laughs> And then they, I mean, the first scene she's in, it's the tropiest trope. She's the nagging new mom. The nagging wife. And he's mm -hmm. at the bar. And, like, are we really doing this in a 24th century show? We're really making the <laughs> women sound like shrill while the dude is like, oh, I'll be right home, honey. Let me just down my drink <laughs> with my best bud. Um, it, there were a lot of, like, it was a lot of elements of TNG, but I felt like some of the elements were not elements I appreciated from TNG there, a little bit. Yes. Um, but I mean, overall, the story was emotional in terms of the father son element. Yes, it was powerful. Ed Spilliers 
Ed Spilliers. Yeah. Wonderful. Wow. Kind of wow. like what um crushing the, it who, as it were. Crushing it. Who played <laughs> the um Adam Driver did for Kylo Ren. Yeah. Like I really felt like Adam Driver, you know, really carried the, the sequels. I think Ed Spilliers and, and Gates McFadden. I mean, she knocked it out of the park with what she was given, but she would disappear for like half the episode. She wasn't really even in two episodes. She just looks at Picard and he knows. That Jack that is was, a, that was them doing powerful, next generation but they, callbacks. But they yeah. don't they don't focus on her emotional life. Like if you look at Strange New Worlds and Una and that episode yeah. episode two of Strange New World season two of Strange New Worlds, Una is having conversations with other women, by the way, which didn't happen a lot. Like Seven and Beverly should have had a scene together, especially because of what was going on with Jack. Um yeah. and we it may have been cut, but we didn't see it. Like, you know, so like the inner life of Beverly and and she got two minutes to defend herself. And then she was in regular Beverly crusher mode, you know, but yeah, Worf, Worf was cool. I love the Worf oh. Raffi stuff, but you know, and yeah. seven, he, I mean, seven and Shaw, a, seven and Shaw mm-hmm. was cool. Shaw took a little while for me to warm up to, but he got more emotional life than Beverly really did. Um, I loved how he, you just expect, their whole shtick, Riker and Picard rolling in. It's like, oh, surprise inspection. And and Sean's yeah. just like, no, no. Like, yeah. no. They did subvert no. expectations to a point. Um, and I think ultimately, like having all the characters together on the Enterprise D, like mm-hmm. that's a direct I feel like that's a shot to Star Wars. Like we mm-hmm. are oh, we are doing oh, yeah. this, we are bringing it back, and yep. every character in that finale played a mm-hmm. part in saving the universe yes. which again yeah. i'm kind yeah. of yes. done with galaxy ending stakes and i'm kind of done with the borg i hope they're finished but if we had to do mm-hmm. it yes they were picard's greatest enemy it kind of makes sense to end on them and that's that was where they started with this season they are we want picard's still... son to be the new locutus and for picard to have to face that down and to be a father which i will argue he was a father to wesley to elnor to soji <laughs> to so many he it wasn't to data yeah yeah to data but again my but beverly crusher rocked it and she's my favorite character so what can i say jesse my the jesse from from my podcast (laughs) loves season three we've disagreed with it uh but jesse from sudden inevitable and open pike and i and marcy from idol ride we did a little thing i don't know when it's coming out about picard season three and it it does you, you can critique that season. There's some not so great stuff, but I still nine yeah. out of 10 for that. And then star Wars left me with a bad taste in my mouth with the last Jedi. Ro, what about you? What's uh let's get your ratings for season three in rise of Skywalker. Did you, so, did you even watch uh, rise of Skywalker? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So let me tell you, um, season three of Picard as an actual dipshit from Chicago, <laughs> I would say that, um, I enjoyed it fairly well. Um, I give season three of uh, Picard a nine out of 10. I think when it comes to fan service, there's obviously, um, you know, a line that a lot of movies and TV shows cross that becomes a little bit too much. I think um, Picard, every time they introduce something something from old Trek, whether it was next generation or like Phil was saying some elements from deep space nine or some other um, either plot point character or, 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 or anything from the past. 
um you know i, I almost felt like uh like um leonardo dicaprio in that meme that goes oh you know um it, it it was great to see but i never felt like they crossed the line like saying oh this is too much i think like michelle was saying every character really did have a role a purpose uh, a part that they played in um in the in the narrative in in the plot and i think it was great i think you know when when it comes to star wars it's interesting too because i i don't think that that is that would be the same thing um doesn't hold you know true to to star wars i think um you're right i think when all the characters uh you know got on the bridge of the enterprise d that was a kind of a dig to to star wars and and i think i saw it on twitter i think you know there was a lot of yes. memes that said you know what what uh what star trek did and what star wars fans wanted um and um <clears throat> yeah so um you know i getting back to some of the points that michelle was talking about uh you know, i i actually really enjoyed leia's um role in the rise of skywalker although i know you know a lot and and i think i enjoyed it more because i'm i'm a very technical guy i love behind the scenes i love technology i love the fact that they were able to use uh some of the old footage that leia actually that uh carrie fisher actually shot and then kind of compose scenes around it. So I think, um, to me, I think that's clever. I think that's cool. They did that in Rogue One as well. They took a lot of um, shots of uh, the old X-wing fighter pilots, mm -hmm. and then you know so cool. put them, yeah, put them into this new environment. And I think that's really great. And I, you know, they called some of the old actors in to to revoice some some new lines to, you know, um, to to basically, you know, put them in, in Scarif and say Scarif all over the place. So that's, that was cool. So I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of technology. And I think, um, you know, George Lucas obviously is, is the, uh, the reason that, uh, that like for me, I do what I do professionally. Um, so technology for me is, is really, is, is great. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, season three of Picard, I, I don't feel like there was a point uh, in watching that that I felt like it was too much. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because, like I said, I think uh, everybody had a role to play. Um, the story was was uh, was great. Um, there was a complexity to to the story. You know, early on, you you were it was almost like um, like the whole JJ mystery box, you know, every episode was like the, the one thing I will say is that every episode I did want to watch the next one. I didn't want to wait a week to watch right. what, what, but that damn next. red door row. Come on. Yeah. 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 And I was thinking, I'm like, wait a minute, red door. And, uh, I thought maybe like discovery was going to come into play because oh, yeah. of, uh, the red angel and whatever. And I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, season three rating for me. Uh, what did I say? Nine out of 10 rise of Skywalker. I'm going to give it a four out of 10. All right. All right. Phil, what about you? Let's, let's get your ratings on these, uh, these last two properties here. All right. All right. Brace yourselves. Uh, <laughs> no, um, rise of Skywalker. Um, again, in the moment, Walking out of the theater that night, I was I was ecstatic. I I had a blast in the moment. 
but again, kind of hindsight, you know, looking back at it, uh, I'd probably still give that one about a six. Um, I, I, I'm the lowest one here. Oof. I, I enjoy JJ <laughs> Abrams films. Um, oh. I, I did not like the complete just kind of ignoring of so much of what had happened in the last Jedi. Uh, I didn't like the, the, uh, the whole Palpatine coming back. You know, just, I, I like that we were, you know, disregarding Snoke. It was like, oh no, no, that guy wasn't an issue. But I, I mean, yes, we get clone Palpatine in a lot of the old EU stuff. And it's I, not the first time that kind of shit's happened. Uh, but <sighs> there were so many things, again, in, in both of these, you know, going into the prequel trilogy, we had an established story arc that we were going to follow. We knew we were getting Anakin and ending with Darth Vader. We knew that that was going to happen. It was just a question of what happened along the way. With with the sequel trilogy, we didn't have that, you know, actual solid story arc planned out from the get go. We just let we just let directors go do their thing, right. which would have been great if we were doing like an anthology TV series. Right. You know, or or playing around with, you know, just shorter pieces, but doing that as the be all end all of this particular film epic this this family saga suddenly it's it, it loses all of its cohesion it, it, there's no the, there's not even like the same core characters all the way through to keep it in one coherent mass and it it just drops off and it was it was disappointing. Uh, and so I, I'm grateful to things like Andor and Mandalorian for for giving me renewed faith in Star Wars as a franchise. Um, it, it took a minute to get there, but they've done a good job. I think yeah. the weakest of everything is probably Boba Fett. And that's just because they needed to make something to fill in the gaps between Mandalorian season two and three. Yeah. But other than uh, that, like Obi Wan was great, Andor was great, Mandalorian has been a staple in Star Wars right now. Um, and what what they're doing with that story, like I I've said it forever now, like the the Mandalorian Mando verse, mm -hmm. that's my sequel. That's my yeah. sequel. Stuff. And like, and Jesse, uh, probably actually, yeah, the uh, the throne room fight against the Praetorian guards, one of the best combat sequences I've ever seen in cinema. Uh, well, it wasn't a combat sequence other it, than that, though. I mean, aside from Finn flailing around in a forest and <laughs> Ray and Ray and Kylo, you know, fucking around on the Death Star ruins. Like there wasn't <laughs> much of a lightsaber battle in at all in this in the sequels. Yeah, and I I, I know you like your your staples there. I do. I mean, <laughs> it would have just been nice to see a little bit. Or, you know, I mean, because it's, it's a Star Wars, it's a Star Wars, it's a Star <laughs> War, where the Jedi, like, <laughs> where the lightsabers, and the, the blasters. Uh, I, you know? I, 
but I, I've had a hard time revisiting um, mm. both I, the the sequel trilogy as a whole. I've had a hard time revisiting. Me too. Um, Same. Me too. Uh, I'll watch Mandalorian over and over before I watch. And I'm going back trilogy. through Clone Wars again, and just I'm I'm enjoying things. And I had, uh, I had so much hope um, <laughs> that you know by bringing by bringing J.J. Abrams back, I thought maybe we'd at least get him to kind of tie stuff back together with stuff that he'd done in Force Awakens. And he really didn't. I I think he tried. I think you know we, if you lift that middle movie out and you put them together, obviously they bookend yeah. really nicely. But I think it was too rushed because mm-hmm. you know he's left with with I, with a and I'll, I'll say it in quotes. He let he was left with a mess that was done by that middle movie. Like where do you? And go? I think mm-hmm. if they'd given him another year, I think if they just given him another year. They could have found a better, you know, they could have written a better script to fill it in. They could have. They I've, been, have, I've been saying maybe, like like to, to further on Rose Point, the Rise of Skywalker should have been two movies. Yeah. Like that should have been split into yeah. two movies and elaborated more on, you know, finding the map well, and getting to. It's because The Last Jedi should not have been made. <laughs> well, that's, and that's where the argument comes in, too, because Last Jedi, again, was a good movie standalone. It was a standalone mm-hmm. fine movie. But like you said, it's it's smashed in between a different story mm-hmm. that it kind of just, it just didn't there work. There are so many elements of that. Like we could have done like a whole like we could have done an entire film just in and around Canto Bite. <laughs> I why? <laughs> I agree. Why? Uh, why did we do Solo? <laughs> why? We didn't you're really co- want You're it, comparing but... Solo with Canto Bite? <laughs> I'm saying it had this oh I'm saying it has the same potential. We could have and Solo could have had a scene set in Canto Bite. We could have That's done true. we could have just connected more things there. Something to uh, tie it in. They they got into the problem of just introducing too many new locations and too many new people. Kind of. The only new location was Canto Bite. And then, I mean, they had the snow planet looking thing. But, like, for the most <laughs> part, that movie was set in space on the ship's. I just I I mean the the sequel trilogy as a whole. Oh oh I got you. I mean I got you. I was yeah like, no I'm stuck not, on Last not, Jedi. Sorry. <laughs> not not just not just limited to Last Jedi, but just they you know introducing you know all the different locations that they decided to. It's like we we could have gone back to places that had previously been established. We could have gone. Tatooine again. <laughs> no, I mean Mandalorian's we, fallen into that trap. Redid, though. I'm kind of sick of Tatooine. We redid Tatooine with Jakku. We get and and Finn joking. You know, Finn. Why does everyone want to go back to Jakku? Yeah. You yeah. Now, can like, I just yeah. because desert planets are cheap. Yeah. To right. Yes. Yeah. I, but yeah. if you're looking at this as a story, right? Because that's what's compelling. The characters yeah. in the story. It's kind of like what story was. Uh, you know, Return of Skywalker really trying to tell. And I'm still not sure. So, like, things that happened in Picard that I was like, eh, like Shaw dying. And in Star Wars, Ben Solo dying. You have two people that have done some, eh, you know, Shaw, obviously Ben more than Shaw. But you have two characters that need redemption. 
and you kill them off immediately so that they don't have to face the consequences for their actions. And it's yeah. it's kind of like, Where why do I... you do that? And, uh, you know, like, it's a little <laughs> bit of a parallel. Like, you're like, okay, I guess you're off the hook now because um, you died, <laughs> you know? Shaw had been... Shaw had been all about consequences. That was his whole yep. thing. Seven. Like, no, how many were, times was Seven were... sent to her room? Like, uh, oh my <laughs> right, gosh. Yeah. Some of the writing for, yeah. for the women in this series, in that season, I kind of am like, can we give them a little bit? Like, everybody loved Raffi with Worf because Worf was putting Raffi in her place. I'm like, listen, Raffi is, like, strong in season three, but she really didn't have a lot to do that was in you know important to the plot not a whole lot um it, and it's fine like the whole family redemption it kind of paralleled beverly but like you never have raffi and beverly talking about anything you never have seven and bev talking about anything and and seven like she becomes the captain of the enterprise this is huge and you know yeah. and but it feels <laughs> like was it at least she's the captain because shaw died like not because she <laughs> earned it and you know and she was ready to leave starfleet like what would have been powerful to me because beverly left starfleet to protect her son right and she yeah. always had problems with starfleet she questioned the prime directive she didn't like how they treated certain people that weren't in the federation she and she probably knew seven because they were in the she was you know Seven was the uh, the Federus Ranger, Federus yeah. Ranger, and Beverly was with the Mariposas, which connects back to season two with Rios, which I is kind of butterflies. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, that was that was good. But that was good. My my thing is they have a lot more in common, and for Beverly to have a moment in that bar set that was very well used, <laughs> you know, in season three, <laughs> for them to sit down and for her to be like, you know, Seven, because again seven is also borg right and now her son and picard like all the people important to her are connected to the borg but at some point to have beverly and seven have a scene where beverly's like yep i know i got my problems with starfleet too that you can't always play by the rules you can't always play it safe but starfleet gives structure starfleet gives a purpose starfleet calls us to ideals higher than ourselves and even sometimes when starfleet is wrong that's still calling us to hire you know and and she could have given seven like a little push in that direction at some point during the season and to see them getting an emotional arc but there was no time because we had to do and i love the road laren stuff i really do yes. but that sh oh, those yeah. the dialogue in that somehow road yeah returned. it should have it should have been beverly's story I oh you broke my heart I, I you cried. broke mine i'm like this is the this is the conversation like even Jesse pointed yeah. it out, you know, he says, I love you to Rafi at the end of season one after 10 episodes with her. We never hear him say that to Beverly. And after all his barriers were up, after everything we went through with him in season two, to see him not really like love Beverly at the end, even as just a friend, like they never touch, by the way, in the season. No one clocks it, but they never actually did any. They didn't hold hands. They didn't hug. There's a still shot of them doing this. It was not on screen. And you're kind of like left with why is his relationship with Riker this season more important than his relationship with the mother of his son where they never, you know, like they don't reconcile that sick bay scene except for him to say over subspace, you were right. And that was it. But I think ultimately Picard, like, yes, Beverly would have reminded seven of Janeway. Like there's all these things they could have done. 
Um, but ultimately the fans were cool with it because Jack was like the insert yourself character. He was the self-insert, hey, look at this cocky guy. Who's like, like if Jack had been a, a daughter, I don't know if it would have gone down the same with why is he always crying? Why is he so depressed? Why is he talking to Picard like that? Like people accepted it because Ed Spilliers sold it. But I don't I don't know if it would be different if it was like a Soji, you know, because yeah. um, he was very volatile this season with his emotions. And he had a really nice connection with Beverly, but they still didn't really explore the mother son thing that that Gates had always Gates McFadden had always said she wanted to do with Wesley. And then Wesley's just like he's gone, like, you know, these throwaway things, you know, and, and that's where it kind of they didn't have time to do a lot of these things. But for me, like Star Trek, when you look at Star Wars and what they did and you're like, yeah, absolutely. They did not do enough fit. Like they didn't do justice to the OG characters. They, they did pretty well in Picard season three. But to me, the, the friendship I liked the most kind of got torpedoed a bit uh, and they didn't really rectify it for whatever reason. And I don't really want any more, like we can move to the lit verse of both Star Wars and Star Trek. And how they dealt with, you know, Star Trek, Star Trek made, they basically blew up the post-Nemesis lit verse with Coda while Star Wars made everything legends, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, how they handled even their, their secondary canonical stuff is, is interesting how that, how Star Trek kind of veered away from what Star Wars had done, which I think is That's interesting. Weird. And I liked Coda. I didn't love that it erased everything and did an alternate timeline thing. And, but you had Picard and Beverly married with a kid in that book. Yeah. Like, and it worked and like, this is what they chose to do instead. So, you know, for us to see on screen and there's too much tell and not enough show for some of that. But ultimately I think the reason Picard season three works better is because all the characters were together. There was humor, there was heart. There was a story that you could relate to. There's moments that made you cry in a good way, not because you couldn't believe what you were seeing on screen, but because you were I moved mean, by I, it. I couldn't <laughs> believe that they brought Roe back. Uh, that... yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that was great. I mean, again, I, you know, going back to what I said earlier, that you know, sometimes these shows fall in the trap of being too fan servicey, but I think this was the perfect mix. Yeah, I agree. It really was. Yeah. I, I did not expect to row Ro to, to come in and I didn't expect the relationship between Roe and Picard to be so emotional for me personally. I love the character of Roe when she first appeared in, in the next generation. Um, I, she was one of my favorites and not just because she's got my name, <laughs> but, but she was, you know, Michelle Forbes is phenomenal and I liked her contribution to the, to the Star Trek, the universe. And, um, you know, bringing her back in this was just um, the icing on the cake. It was, it was brilliant. It was wonderful. But it yeah. also, for me, like, I loved it because it gave closure to a character. It was, it was really satisfying to fans because it was emotional. But imagine if they had that kind of re- re- resolution with Picard and Beverly, who have an even deeper connection. Right. The mm-hmm. actors have amazing yeah. chemistry. Can you imagine having a scene like that sure. with them? We didn't get it. Uh, but it would have made a lot of sense to do that. Well, and, and yeah. because that was the central story of the season, they had this kid, you know. And so, I mean, because it's a romance, or because it's why, why is male female friendship like poo poo? Like, oh, we can't do it, it's it's romance, it's this. 
but like you know Riker and Picard all day long with the bromance I'm like this is awesome it's awesome <laughs> but you just you're not dealing with Picard and Beverly when they obviously had a really bad time but you set it up when Picard's like it didn't end well well what did you do because you can you imagine Kirk and Spock like if something like that happened where they just it didn't end well and I'm not talking romantic like I'm not even you know you can but I'm just saying imagine if it was like it just didn't end well and we split I'm pretty sure there's an entire tag on an archive of our own about that oh I'm sure <laughs> but but they split and then they don't come back together at the end like Picard yeah. and Beverly obviously were like dropping Jack off at Starfleet kindergarten because you know he's he's yeah. gonna so, right. but it was and that's the other thing with names, right? They say that that idea of um, names mean almost everything was one of my last points on the cross on these two mo two franchises. So like Ray being called Skywalker versus the uh, the Titan being called the Enterprise G, right? So Ray is kind of taking on the name of Skywalker as kind of like this this mantra, this flag of of the Jedi, whereas the the and honoring what came before, whereas the Enterprise like the the Titan was renamed the Enterprise G to honor Picard and his crew and, and to get seven, like in season one, Picard, you know, seven said to Picard, you owe me a ship. And then boom, end of season three, she's captain of the Enterprise. Like there was some payoff there, but you can argue that either one of those decisions was kind of eh, like Ray becoming a Skywalker versus right, yeah. the, and I these are not it. original. I... Like I've heard other fans say this too. It's not, <laughs> it's not like I'm, you know, like, I, but I think that the Enterprise and the Skywalker thing, it's interesting. Like, names mean, like, to me, it was very important that Jack Crusher remained Jack Crusher. There will not be Beverly Crusher erasure, you know, mm -hmm. um, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. But, yeah, this, I'm very passionate about season three because there's a lot of great stuff. But there's also some things I wish they, you know, if we have a legacy, maybe, maybe could What's be addressed. Be? Yeah. yeah. I I would probably have to give uh, Picard season three a nine out of ten. Um, I uh, Brent Spiner rolling four or more different characters into yeah. single scenes and yeah. and selling <clears throat> yeah. every one of them on body language alone. <clears throat> You know, the, the just the shifting between data and lore and soon mm -hmm. and B4. I I watched not Nemesis. lol though. I, <laughs> not lol, not lol. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's no, that's fair. Uh but I mean I I I watched Nemesis in the theaters. I have it on VHS. Uh I not like DVD. <laughs> not Blu-ray. No, no. No, I got it on VHS because I was in. You know, I, I'm not. Is it the one with the sparkly cover it. that, like, you you flip it and it's like the 3D thing that changes the image? You know what I'm talking about? No, it's not the the stereo thing. Nah. Okay. Uh, Picard season no, three but, is I mean, much better Picard than Nemesis. Season three. <laughs> Picard season three <laughs> yeah. was much better closure to uh, all Everyone. of our next generation characters. Yeah. Um, I I. One of my regrets uh, with the existence of the series is that Rene Aubergenois died before Odo. you know he could have before he could have reprised the role of Odo. Yeah. Because just mm -hmm. imagine 
imagine if they'd been able to actually pull Odo himself back and not just throw a reference to him. It was sad um, they didn't have other Deep Space Nine characters in here, you know, because it right, was the especially because they got, especially because they got um, Armin Shimmerman and um, um, Nana Visitor back for their cameos on Lower Decks, yeah. you know, which was spectacular. <laughs> uh, uh, but just you know, being able to bring anyone back, they they brought Tim Russ back, yeah, for the the Tuvok bit. I was like, oh, totally. I was really expecting uh, Cisco to make I, the actor has somewhere. he's off the grid, he's, so I'm oh, like, yeah, no, nah, this is I, Avery Brooks. Yeah, they come back. I, That's I why I'm so surprised at Michelle Forbes, though. Just, Michelle, yeah. you know, because I didn't think she would come back, but they convinced her. But she got, yeah, she she uh, she had such a juicy here's, role. Here's I, some I would, closure uh, for your character. Yeah, yeah. You know? but do you think I, the changeling yeah. plot, like, d- did it? D- because I sympathized with Vatic at the end. Yeah, and nothing was resolved with that. Like they didn't really. Instead of Picard and Beverly talking about how they wanted to murder her, maybe they should have been talking about consequences for the ethics that happened to her. That drove her to that, that point because people aren't monsters, yeah. okay? They, they're not born monsters. They become that way <laughs> because of their experiences for the most part, usually, right? And so I love that Vatic was more than just this two-dimensional villain, but then they just offed her and then all of a sudden it was the Borg. And it's kind of like a <laughs> yeah. like last episodes yeah. were their own thing. And then like Jack just turning on Picard because he's like, I'm going to just put you away on Vulcan. And Picard, every time he talks to Jack... He's horrible. Like there's like I, just the flashback scene that we got with him in the when Picard's out, you know, have a dinner and mm. he's like, "Oh, you know, oh, Starfleet's yeah. my the... only family." And Jack right. is just like, "Well, but you know, Jack really I, I feel like that had myself. to be about his mom though because oh, Picard yeah, didn't but... know, but they should have addressed that because really what that is is a dig at Beverly because he's like I didn't need a wife, I didn't need a family. I didn't, you know, but he had a family. Just, they were always I, a family. I saw it yeah. I saw it as him just unintentionally obviously, but just shooting down his chance to get to know his son that his son even existed, you know, several years prior. Yeah, it's just like oh, and in the fact that Jack did coping coping mechanism, maybe. I mean, it's 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 understandable that Picard would do that because he had his heart broken and he didn't really think it was a possibility. But did he look for Beverly? Like the whole problem of Beverly being gone from everyone for twenty three years. If Picard went missing, if any one of them went missing. How does the TNG Just off crew the grid for two not like have a reunion to go get her? Like to make right. sure she's a, like to do a, right. a, a wellness. Like that should have been made clear that they did search for her and they got co- like proof of life. This is what happens you know? when it's your doctor who goes missing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but th- no one's looking for Bev. Like Deanna is on the ship with, with Riker and they got Thad so they don't have time. Jordy's got his family. Data's dead. Picard apparently he has all this time on his vineyard. He doesn't send his Worf two, is meditating. His two Talshiar. I think Worf maybe maybe knew. I'm kind of thinking mm-hmm. that 
or maybe like they got in touch with somebody like O'Brien or Nurse Kagawa or somebody, and they're like, Bev is fine, but she's just off the grid and she doesn't want to be bothered. I need, I need more of Miles. I need more Miles O'Brien. Right? (laughs) Always. Like him and Wesley, Wesley not being in it, like for Wesley to just be gone when Mm -hmm. he was supposed, like Picard doesn't even question it when Beverly's like, I lost Wesley. He's not like, what do you? What do you mean? What do you mean you lost? What happened Wesley? to Wesley? Like he should care. So like, we that lost was Wesley like his Wesley son. A lot. He'll be back. But they want us <laughs> to forget that. They want us. Oh, he look. Beverly and Picard you mean and Jack he's not are in his quarters watching TV. <laughs> I know, but like the whole idea, like they said, well, we didn't resolve their relationship, but they're family. And it's like, well, yeah. they were always family until you wrote this plot line about Beverly piecing out for twenty three mm. years, like, and him not Picard not trying to find her i you know again those things that weren't that were left hanging and that and also like the lack of consequences jack was the reason that everything happened with the borg because he left the ship he didn't turn himself in he he turned anakin skywalker and he like i felt like that was the anakin skywalker moment of the series and i saw it coming and he's like telling his mother i'm gonna show the borg queen and beverly's just like no you're not i've been through this with like the trauma that this woman has gone through is not dealt with. she she's the one who who, who were, was gonna kill her husband not her husband kill picard kill jack <laughs> the guy who was her husband in the novels my apologies and you know she's she locked her son away in the first episode to protect him. Then she had to blow up that thing to to kill the Borg, to stop what was going on, which meant the death of her friends, her ex-lover, and her son. And she did it. And it's hardly acknowledged. But she's the reason that that all stopped because she blew up that thing. Like she, you know, it's like the death, it's like Luke Skywalker shooting into the Death Star. That's what Beverly did. And and Picard, what did he do? He hugged his son. Yes, he went back into assimilation. Yes, he he did that. But it's like he doesn't mention Beverly in any of that. She's not important to their connection. She's. I'm just like, dude, tell tell your son that you you know I a good memory about your mom, his mom, or his other friends that he's just met. Like maybe that'll help him come out of it. No, no, we don't do that. So. You know, we don't talk about our feelings here. <laughs> well, that was the whole point, we though. It was all about feelings this season. It was, yeah, like, you know, right. yeah. I, and I think that's that's one danger when uh, when a team of writers have a task of writing this long narrative. You know, everybody's like this, and sometimes you need to step back and like really see where your 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 benchmarks are, um, especially for um, arcs in a character that is. Uh, an ensemble piece like like the next generation was um a lot of things get uh you know forgotten or lost um maybe not developed as much because they want to you know focus on something else but it is a ch- it is a shame that they don't you know step back and really take a look and see well what you know what's going on what's the last time we saw this happen you know can we tie it together can we develop it more um and again, I think that's just an inherent thing in episodic television, especially with something that is as complex as science fiction on the small screen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I think you guys are all really, uh, really onto something with all of your points here. Like it's <laughs> these the shows, all of these shows and movies, they all were good in their own way for the most part. But a lot of them had so many issues. 
that like it's, as fans it's of the original like media property is yeah. susceptible to flaws. Right. And as fans of those old, <laughs> of those old properties, it's kind of like we really pick it apart shitty. now too though. You know what I mean? Like for all like yeah. the critique. Oh I think yeah. It's, yeah. And, and it's almost not pretend that that's yeah. anything new. Let's yeah. not pretend that that's anything new. We just the have social access. media has ramped it we up. Can, it's very it has, it has, but there were so many message board communities in the early 90s just nagging about just all the various everything. track stuff. I think you need perspective yeah, and time too. So in 10 yes. like let's look at this in 10 years and see how we feel. Uh, All right, you know, <laughs> I doubt so, your opinion on the Last I, Jedi will change, Ro. But <laughs> I am setting an alarm. <laughs> yeah, setting an alarm. Setting an alarm. That's awesome. For ten, July second, twenty thirty-three. It's a date. This is yes, <laughs> yes. Um, but that that being... and you're right, Michelle. My my opinion will not change. <laughs> but that all being said, let's do a quick rating of the entire series and sequel trilogy in a whole. Um, and then we'll uh, get on out of here. The show went on for a little bit longer than I anticipated, but you know it's been a really awesome conversation about. That's these what things, happens so. when you get a couple of nerds yeah. uh, together to talk yeah, nerd right. stuff. Absolutely. Um, so, Michelle, let's start with you. What, what would be your rating for the sequel trilogy and for Picard in a, as a whole? So, sequel trilogy is going to be a six out of ten. It just ultimately failed for me, uh, but there were some good moments. So, six out of ten for for Star Wars, and then for Star Trek Picard. Because of the last season, and because my favorite character was so wonderful in a lot of ways, even though I still critique it, I give it an eight out of ten overall. Because there were, I did enjoy the stories and the characters. Um, you know, so I, I, if we didn't have it, I would be sad. I think, although for me, it did kind of ruin Picard's character a little bit. But yeah, that's my ratings. <laughs> oh, wow. And you said what was the wow. first Picard was eight? Did you say eight, eight out of ten. Eight out of ten, cool. And Ro, what about you? What's your uh, final ratings on them? Um, Picard, I would go seven out of ten. There was a lot of really great stuff in season three, and I enjoyed season one for the most part. Season two was quite a mess, so that what's that's what brings it down. Um, for me, the sequel trilogy is a solid four point two out of ten. <laughs> that's that's pretty good considering your rating for the Last Jedi. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's on a curve. No shit. Well, I, I think I, I think I enjoyed Rise of Skywalker a little more than you guys did. It's still low on the totem pole for me, but uh, you know, The Force Awakens, um, I saw it in the theater like seven times with different groups of friends because they all want to see Star Wars with me. Um, but um, you know, I, I enjoyed The Force Awakens for the um I guess the the notion that it you know it set up a lot of really interesting things, and I couldn't wait to see what uh, what the last Jedi had uh, had in store for us. But uh, little did I know. Yeah. Right. Jeez. Yeah. Phil, what about you? What's your rating for both properties? I I probably gonna have to give the sequel trilogy overall as six and a half out of ten, and uh, Picard. Call it an eight out of ten for the uh, for the series as a whole. Oh, okay. um, Up top, Phil. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and Ricky, buddy, we got to make you a gangster movie musical. I'm, I'm not sure how we'll make this work. Star we'll Wars, Star work. Trek crossover gangster movie musical based on oh uh, oh 
we got Star Trek is the blood. A piece of the action. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a little bit of the, a little part, uh, part of piece of the action and part, uh, what's Picard's, oh, Dixon uh, Hill novel. Dixon Hill. Yeah. Beverly and Picard look quite dashing in that. I would, yes, let's do it. They can, they can make up in that one. I'll be good. Um, so we're all we all pretty much agree, and it's it's funny that on a Star Wars podcast I'm about to say this, but um, my rating Trek for what? the sequel trilogy is six out of ten, and for Picard it's eight out of ten. Wow, so Josh, look at that! That would mean that for this first episode of the Trek Wars, Star Trek will win. Whoa, um, which is kind of crazy. That's <laughs> yeah. kind of crazy for for someone that's done yeah. a Star Wars I, podcast for so long and, and we we teed up like, we we teed up a pretty difficult uh comparison on this one though. Yeah, I mean, and just yeah, each one had different levels of awesomeness and different levels of disappointing. Of garbage, yeah. So, well, you know, yeah, cuz you have, it's, it's, you know, you have things that and why did it work? Why did it not work like the Millennium Falcon in the Force Awakens versus the Enterprise D in Picard season 3? Like, why did yeah. one work better than the other or did it? And 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 fan service and writing. I think that really story and character is so pivotal in these for all the millions and millions of dollars they spend on special effects. And, and it's important. Yes, we need the pew pews. We need the lightsaber fights. We need all of that. But at the end of the day, you got to tell a good story. story. Yeah. That's what George Lucas has always said. You can have some great special effects, but if the story isn't there, nobody's going to come. So that's a that's that's a fun uh, fun ending to this episode because I did not really expect that for sure. But the more research I did myself, I was like, oh yeah, I don't like the sequel trilogy. <laughs> so um, it's it's fun, and and again, I think I think the next Trek Wars that I want to do is gonna pit some of the better properties of of each one, like uh, Mandalorian and Strange New Worlds. I would like to maybe do something like that um, because it, it could be a, a really good argument because those shows are both fantastic and there's yeah, not too yeah. many flaws in either one um but uh yeah this is this has been great guys um i'm not even gonna do the math for these ratings because we know <laughs> i don't want to we know i don't want to <laughs> like twist the knife and yes anything, michelle so. we're, we're yeah. all winners yes right yeah, we, that's what I like. We still all just get along in the Star Trek, Star Wars fandom. Like we can, we can get along, <laughs> even though we may like different things. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. So let's let's go with uh Michelle. Tell us where everyone can find you and your podcast and uh, that sort of stuff. So you can find me on Twitter at on the rock eighty one. You can also find me on Crusher Convo, where me and my co-host Jesse deep dive into episodes of TNG and even Star Trek Picard season three. We did do uh, re- live reactive reviews the same day. So those are pretty interesting to go back to listen to. But follow us on uh, at Crusher Convo. We just launched our new website. Um, and we we have a, you know, we're on all the podcasting realms. And Jesse really started up Crusher Convo with her love for Gates McFadden and Beverly Crusher. She's new to the fandom. She was always a Star Wars. So I feel so bad she's not here. She's a big Star Wars fan. But um, but she she felt, you know, she really fell for Star Trek in the last year. And um, she That's asked cool. me to be part of the podcast. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy to be here tonight. Thanks for having me, Josh. Heck, yeah. Thanks for coming on, Michelle. It's been so much. We're going to have to have you back on for like an Ahsoka. Episode. Awesome. Like I have to yeah, I have no, to watch. Last. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ro, what about you? Where can uh, where can everyone find you and your podcast and all that good stuff? 
Sure. Uh, you can ask your smart speaker to play the latest Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast, and uh, we will pop up. But available on podcatchers everywhere, just search Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. We are part of the Red 5 ne Network. Uh, I am uh, a founding member of the network, and uh, you can find the rest of our gang over at bio.link slash Red 5. Nice. Phil, what about you? Where can everybody find you? Well, most of the time, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at FlipRider. You can find me on pretty much any recent episode of Quest Me. And uh, for the uh, next five weekends, you can find me at the Colorado Renaissance Festival. Yeah. So, Did you go um, to the Comic-Con today or was the Renaissance no, Fair? No, oh, okay. I, I, actually, I actually work at the Ren Fair. Oh, so, very cool. Very yeah, cool. It's a, it's a fun weekend gig. So... Um, yeah, and of course, Quest Me is going to be back in about a month to discuss the final book of the Thrawn trilogy, dun, dun, dun. Um, The Last Command, and then we will be coming back full force at the end of August for the Ahsoka series. Um, I'm Get it? extremely Get it? excited for that stuff. Um, and of course, you can find us anywhere. Just search Quest Me Podcast. I want to thank everyone that was in the live chat today. Uh, Jesse, other Jesse, Ricky, <laughs> Claire um, and anybody else that I might have missed. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, if you want to get in on these live podcasts, make sure to follow us on YouTube by searching youtube.com slash at quest me. And again, on Twitter is probably the best way to communicate with me. Uh, quest me podcast. So once again, thank you, Michelle, for coming on. Thank you, Ro, for coming on. Thank you, Phil, for jumping in um, right after work. Um, this has been a extremely fun episode, an extremely fun episode, and I cannot wait to do another Trek Wars because I, I feel like this could be a fun Quest Me side quest, if you will. Um, for Quest Me, I have been your host. Michelle. <laughs> vote once, vote often, bro. <laughs> and of course, my name is Josh. We are going to talk to you guys again really, really soon. May the Force be with you. Live long and prosper. <laughs>